Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you wore shack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kinda known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politic and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. And it's a beautiful thing too. Welcome to the underground for June 7th, 2021. I legitimately always get worried about the um the date <laughs> when I do that cuz I'm like I'm going to screw up the date or I'm going to screw up the number. Um this is episode 16, Joseph. How are you doing? Hot today? dog, man. I'm doing I'm doing great. I played some golf yesterday with some really? peeps. Nice. Yeah. I sucked, but I mean, I haven't played in Three years and then before that last week i was um at, i was on my job and i was going to a project and before this project i stopped at the gas station to get an energy drink and i don't even know what happened i think my arm just hit something when i was hit, coming out of the door and my phone flung into the driver's seat i'm like oh great <laughs> but then it bounced off the driver's seat and i didn't even react it just landed face down on the cement, and I had my case on, but I still got... I don't know if you can see it. No, it goes, like, totally blank. A yeah, little bit, yeah. It's it's like a... <laughs> it's cracked. Starburst, you know, when your uh, window cracks and it just spiders uh-huh. everywhere, like a spider uh-huh. web? That's what it's like. And so I was looking sucks. into... I don't have insurance, because, you know, uh, I'm not going to pay extra for insurance, but this is what I get, right? Right. Uh, I was looking into the cost to get someone to repair it. I think it was at Best Buy or something, Geek Squad, um, just because that's just pulled up first on my phone. And their charge was $200. I'm like, yeah, they're stupid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then I just looked up, how much is it to do this yourself? And it's about 40 bucks. I watched a video on it, and I'm like, okay. You think you can do it? I understand. Yeah, I mean... I mean, do I, I want to do it? I used to do no, that, but I've, like, I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, if I get the stuff to do this, and I tell somebody, if someone else breaks the phone, I'm like, hey, you know what? I know how to do this. If you just get the screen replacement, put some money towards me, you know, yep. make me a little happy, you know, I'll do this for you. That means for a that, lot cheaper than where you can get it elsewhere. Yeah, that means that Geek Squad's making like 160 dollars in profit. Oh yeah. Now that that's crazy. I got I can't remember if the screen was included in that price or if that was just the toolbox, but I think the right. screen was included in the price. And it wasn't like a crap screen. It was it's a certified, you know, screen for the iPhone XR, which is what I have. So right. yeah, hundred and sixty dollar profit, man. But hey, people are willing to pay it. So yeah, uh, yeah it is what yeah, that's but the market, no, right? Let me rephrase that now. It's a <laughs> lot cheaper, considerably cheaper, if you have insurance on your phone. But oh yeah, but I'm not know. getting insurance on my phone, right? Because no, most of the time, do you have some insurance on your phone? No, dude. This is like the first time I, I dropped my phone. I don't get insurance, and that's happened. Do you, I don't know if you remember this, but and GameStop might still do it. I haven't been in one in at least since last November when I was looking for a PS5. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to do insurance on discs mm-hmm. and then i think it was during when when the ps3 came out blu-rays i was gonna say notoriously but it's not really a notorious thing but blu-rays don't scratch easily 
in order to scratch a Blu-ray, you pretty much have to take a knife or purposely go to try to scratch the back of it. Something about the way the right. co- the coating works on those, you can toss them around, like generally do a lot of things to them and they will not scratch. And so it was always annoying going into GameStop and they'd be like, do you want like, you can get this scratch coverage or whatever for your games. I'm like, Blu-rays don't scratch. And they're like, uh, <laughs> it's just like, I've said a, the same thing to nice them day. when they try to do that to me. Uh-huh. Like, have and a the nice dude day. was just, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I like, nice try sucker. That's why I told him. I was like, I know it's not you. It's just your company. You got to just do the shilling for them and everything. Oh, I know <laughs> they look like they've lost their soul, their will to live when they have to, do you want to pre-order this? No. Why would I do that? It's like you go, like I'll, I would go in and, and get something like the Elder Scrolls and they're like, do you, do you want to pre-order Madden? I'm like, do I look like I want to pre-order Madden, sir? Does anybody want to pre-order Madden? I don't even think football fans want to pre-order Madden. Not anymore, from what Madden. I hear. Hey, know. no, now I am hearing because of all the backlash they've been receiving now, it has been years of them receiving backlash, EA. Yeah. But I am hearing that Madden 22 franchise mode is supposed to, all the way around, but there's supposed to be considerable facelift this year, especially the franchise mode. But I'm, I'm really excited. I almost put it in the show notes because I wanted to talk about <laughs> it. I just forgot. I'm really excited for college football. It's gonna be it's gonna be called a EA Sports College Football. They can't use the NCAA name because right. they signed a licensing agreement to be able to do the new football game with collegiate. I don't know what it stands for. CLC. I, I got the article somewhere. I just have to read it against collegiate licensing company. I think that's what it's called. But, uh, and like out of, I think there's 130 something teams and I think there's 130 FBS teams. Uh, that's the division one college football. Right. And, uh, so about also state would be division two, double uh-huh. a. Um, and so, uh, out of the 130, 118 are represented by CLC. Of those, the, so 12 teams possibly would not be in it. Now, I think that USC and Clemson, who aren't with CLC, will be in the new college football game, more than likely because they have an agreement with EA already, and they're in the, they're in the Madden games already. Yeah. So it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited for that game because that game, uh, Madden, for whatever reason... The NCAA football games, say it simple like this, uh, there was more freedom for the developers to do what they wanted to. Now, this is the cool part. I'm getting my pastor's PlayStation 3 this week, as long as he follows through, TJ. I hope you're listening to this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he has. He has college football 2014. Now, I'm going to ask him, obviously, because that's the right thing to do. But legend has it that if you... Uh, modify your PlayStation 3 there's I'm um, actually part of the Discord now there's a, a mod team called College Football Revamp and they edit the rosters so they do the players likenesses their names all yeah, that jazz I'm sure that exists their skills yeah their skills right uh like they would for the game then they edit the stadiums too to keep them update the That's symbols cool. and logos of every team to keep them up to date every year and then they bring it. They also uh, add new teams, new broadcasting, all that stuff, right? And it's called College Football Revamp. Well, in April, EA hired two of the guys from there. They've been doing it wow. since 2014 or 15 for free since then. They've been doing it for free. 
and EA Sports just hired two of the guys to come on the developing team to do it to for the college football game. So nice. Well, this week, if I can get my hands on that game, I'm gonna be playing <laughs> college football 2021, baby. <laughs> and this podcast is just gonna be me saying, "What? I didn't do any research this week, David." <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We were both. I think we were both in the same place this morning. Uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm super behind on everything." Um, we'll, we'll talk about AMC later, but between that and I've been working on, uh, getting my mom's yard fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. I aerated this weekend. I got my car back. So this weekend I was catching up on going to the gym and then I also, I so said like Saturday morning, I woke up at five, went to the gym, came home, did some, some, some studying for, what program after effects and then we went got the aerator and then i spent the next like hour and a half aerating the lawn which was miserable because it was the hottest day so far this year uh in north carolina or at least in Asheville. how high was it 80s i think might have been higher than that it was and it was 99 for us on friday yeah i was like like, oh it was it was one of those things that i walked outside and i just immediately started sweating you know, um, and that might help is different with that heat because of yeah. that humidity, man. Yeah. Like you walk out here, don't get me wrong. You'll start, you'll start sweating pretty soon. Right. With the heat. But I, I tell people all the time, obviously 90 degrees in the South is hotter than 90 degrees up here because mm. you got the wet humidity, right? You're yeah. sticky, you're yeah. sweating very, you're faster. But then it's also 20 degrees down there. It's colder than 20 degrees up here because of the humidity. Right. So, Cause you're so, wet and everything. So, and then uh, I went and hung out with some people Saturday night and then woke up and went back to the gym that morning oh. before church and then came home after church and passed out for a couple hours. Uh, and then uh, my back was a little bit sore. Don't worry. It's not messed up or anything like that. There was like a moment that I went, oh, no, something's wrong. And Lit is going to lecture me about <laughs> doing the whatever. But it was it was fine. It's just been like extra sore. And I think it had more to do with the aerator. What were you doing? That I think it was just that aerator. I think that's oh, what, that's what I think that's what okay. did did me in because those things it's like if you had a lawnmower that doesn't turn very well, you pretty much have yeah. to go in a straight line. Um, oh yeah. And so trying to like I don't move even know that, what an aerator is. It put it puts holes in the ground. What what were you doing that for? So that you can plant seed, and it also helps with the oh. the softness of the soil. So like it. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it makes those like know, big chunks. Something else. Yeah. Um. So seeded, and then we just got rain today. So I'm hoping, and we're supposed to have quite a bit this week. So I got to wait a couple weeks to see if the grass actually starts growing in a little bit better because we've had tons of problems, especially with bamboo. And you have a. Uh... People from your work listen to our podcast, right? Kind of. I kind of don't. Do you have any complaints? You want to talk bad about them? Well, that's the thing is like, generally we won't, like we we talked about this before the show. We we started doing the show. Um, But I feel weird about pushing some of that with people that I'm not mm-hmm. everybody that I'm, I'm close to. Um, so like the guy that but some uh, people you're close to. Yeah. So lit the guy who's my personal trainer and we've, we knew each other before that. Um, we'll talk about stuff uh, when I go in to see him and that's fine. Right. Uh, it's a, it's great conversation, that whole deal. But when I go to see people that I work with every day, 
I don't constantly want to be talking about the stuff that I'm talking about on the podcast with the people that I know. So it, it just kind of depends, but it's that close no, circle. I'm right there. You. you know what I mean? It's that close circle thing where they, they want your opinion about something and I'm like, didn't you listen to it? You know, it's like, I, I don't know. I do the same sort thing of with my work. That's why I don't post anything about where I work, who I work for, anything yeah. like that. Because A, so that nothing falls back on them. Because obviously, they, my company I work for doesn't represent my views, all that good stuff. Um, but B, I also don't want to get fired. Just, you know, you so, never know. Not not that we're out there or anything like that. We are out there. But sure. <laughs> not that we're highly popular to where we can be scrutinized at that level. Right. But, I mean, I just well, want to I would hope be at that cognizant point, of that fact. I would hope at that point that my work would be doing this stuff <laughs> more so than anything yeah. else. You know what I mean? Well, um, I work for it leverages a, itself a little bit company that is, um, so let's, I'll just say it's a corporation. I don't want to give any too yeah, many no, we don't or have to talk like about that. But, um, but yeah, I'm right there with you. I kind of like to keep it. If, if I had a trainer or someone like that, or people at church, that's different. But as far as like my work, eh, even at like, even at church this week, uh, someone was like, "Oh yeah, David's been doing YouTube," and he's like, "Oh, you're a tuber now." And I looked directly at him and said, "Don't ever say that again." <laughs> uh, I was just like, "I don't even," because mostly what we're doing is podcasting. I mean, we're podcasters before yeah. anything else. Um, and obviously, you and I have talked recently about some possible changes with YouTube to try to make it a little more engaging and, um put us like front facing rather than just putting clips out because uh, those are they've been so hit or miss it's like we'll put something yeah. out and it'll have pretty good engagement and then I'll put something else out and it has no engagement whatsoever uh, yeah. so the problem is is that because we cover a lot of different topics uh, we I, I can't really curate uh, YouTube towards the yeah towards the, the content that works for that specific platform whereas if you know you start recording stuff specifically for that and I start recording stuff specifically for that kind of like I was doing before we started uh, the podcast there's uh, there's like four or mm -hmm. five videos that are up there from before we started or right as we were starting you can kind of curate that content a little bit better so keeping in line with what we're doing but also making it a little bit better and it, and it fits the algorithm a little bit better plus it's good practice for me so that I can work on Photoshop and a lot of other uh, editing aspects uh, of those things, which is something yeah. I've been wanting to do for a while. It's better than kind of just throwing clips up there. Not that I that I would necessarily give that part of it up, but something that's like I right. said, something that's a little more curated. Because as I've been studying how all of this stuff works, it seems that having like having our faces front and center rather than you know just the the Discord panels or whatever um, seems to work a little bit better for whatever computing. Instagram and YouTube and all those platforms yeah, they use. Do. Yeah. No, I understand that. Even when I watch videos, for the most part, depending on what it is, I like to see the person commentating because I was thinking about it after you were texting me. Mm -hmm. um, I was like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. You know, because even when I, I try to think, especially going forward, what do I like when I watch? Just do it right into the microphone, bro. I what know. you got to hold back for? You open that baby right there on there. Is that a Coke? No, it's a sour beer. What? It's a sour beer. What you got? What you what you holding back from us? Strawberry sour crush. Oh, from Tin Barrel. The Tin Barrel's like closer out your way. I think they're from Oregon. Sounds terrible. Uh, it's really good. 
No, they're out this way. I don't mean the, their beer. Oh. <laughs> I was just talking about them being out this way. <laughs> anyway, uh, so if someone wanted to watch YouTube or wanted to know any of the other ways that they can interact with us, Joseph, what would you tell them now that we're 15 minutes into the podcast? <laughs> that they could. It'd be like that sometimes. I know. Man. I would tell them that they could subscribe to us on YouTube and Odyssey. I think Odyssey calls it subscribing, but I think they do. Yeah. They can also follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. But if you're specifically on Apple Podcasts, you gotta hit the plus symbol, guys. That plus symbol is a follow, no longer a subscription. And the differences <sighs> in the name matters. Yeah. Yes, it does. Uh, and and if I was suggesting anything, I would tell you. Just get off of Apple Podcasts and find one of the many other uh, services that's out there that's just better at this point. Um, yep. I, I use PlayPod, which I really like. The game. Mm. There was another one. I like PlayPod too. There was another one. What is it? I have it on my phone, I think. I can't, uh, Unless I deleted it because I thought it was. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, I have PlayPod. No, I must have deleted the other one because I was like, I'll just keep it to that. We'll, uh, eventually, uh, I'll put a list in the show notes of some good ones. And once yeah so along those lines uh if you want to donate a so on those lines what dave is referring to is the reason why to get off apple podcast is podcasting 2.0 and it's a value for value system that we like to use to where you can um donate your time talent and treasure and so whatever you're getting out of the show you can donate to us and if that's specifically money we have a paypal account set up um so if you feel like this show is worth one dollars if you feel like it's worth a thousand dollars or whatever um, you can donate through there. Crypto donations, crypto donations are coming soon. And then the best thing that you can do if you like our podcast is to share it with your friends and family, share it on social media, let them know, uh, leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast and five star reviews helps. And then commenting and liking our videos where you see them. It's greatly appreciated. Again, if you're getting that value, if not, that's fine. Um, we just want to create content that you guys enjoy and, we're already doing it for free. And so anything that you do, whether if you give your time, talent, or treasure, is appreciated. Exactly. Boom, boom. Speaking <laughs> of time. Time wasted. Time wasted? Definitely time some talent. Wasted. Definitely some talent. And there was a lot of treasure. Talent wasted. A lot of treasure going on. And too much treasure spent. <laughs> there was a, dare I say, fight yesterday between the great one Logan Paul <laughs> and is he the old man the myth the legend the ghost Floyd Money Mayweather now Logan Paul came in 30 pounds heavier He's a bigger man. He had a six or six and a half eight inch reach advantage. Yeah. He was oh and one in his boxing illustrious boxing career career. Floyd, the money man himself, Mayweather, was fifty and oh. Everybody was nervous. Would Floyd win? As the old man who <laughs> all the father time catch up. How old is Floyd Mayweather? No, that didn't happen. It was very terrible. More terrible than I thought I was going to be. It wasn't entertaining. Listen, this isn't... I, 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 I hate it. I know boxing, you are fighting. 
it's hard for me to call it a fight though when it's like hey we're gonna fight but you can't do anything but specifically punch like this and all this other stuff right can't clinch for that long can't all that other stuff so it's a very 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 limited rule set guess like wrestling would be right you can't throw hands in wrestling so or grappling so right. yeah, you want to play that clip we got for yeah, us? Sorry, I was looking up his how old he was. Uh, he's forty four, and oh, he's Logan not, Paul's twenty six. Oh, okay, I, I, listen, Floyd. That's old and fighting. Yeah, it's old and fighting for sure. And he, uh, yeah, I was gonna play that clip, those those clips or whatever. And it's it's really interesting. You guys will kind of get to hear the the dynamic between these two guys. Um, Logan is out of his mind. For thinking that him being able to stand in a ring with that dude for eight rounds constitutes a win, I just want to get that out of the out of the way. <laughs> yeah, no, see, I disagree with you. I think that is a win for Logan Paul. It is this. This was bad for boxing. Look, it was a spectacle. It was just for entertainment, right? And it it definitely was a spectacle, but it lacked severely on the entertainment side. Mm-hmm. So Logan Paul. One, but Floyd and boxing loss. This is what I mean. And, and don't get me wrong. Floyd won and lost. Floyd won because he got a bunch of money. But the reason why I say that is because to go eight rounds with the greatest of all time, even it losing how he did, like it, people say it was dominant win. I watched the fight. I didn't think it was that dominant. I'm like, you're supposed to be the greatest of all time. You should have been piecing him up from no, no, round one to eight. I can agree with that. Now, but he like this. Hang on. You're, you'll hear it in the clip. But Logan's like, okay. I won. He's just like I won, and I'm just like that's not. First of all, it was an expedition, or was it a um, exhibition? Exhibition. Man. So yeah, it's like, bro, this wasn't it, and also it does not seem like Floyd is taking this seriously. No, he didn't train for this fight at all. Listen, no. he did, Floyd didn't train for the Conor McGregor fight. Any training he did for the Conor McGregor fight was little, and this is why. First off, Conor McGregor, any day of the week, just like Ben Askren with Jake Paul, just like Tyron Woodley with Jake Paul, just like any mixed martial artist with a boxer, any day of the week, the mixed martial artist is going to win because the boxer is thinking about things that you can't. And most of the time, any day of the week, the boxer is going to beat the MMA guy in boxing because it's two different languages. And this is the thing. The reason why Floyd Floyd definitely didn't have to train for the Logan fight, um, and he didn't even train for the Conor fight, because it's like it's like you going up against a Spanish teacher, right? And you're giving, I don't know, three months to learn Spanish. Yeah. It's two, yeah. It, you know, it's two different languages, you know what I mean? You don't have enough time to develop that skill set, and striking specifically in MMA is different than in boxing, but yeah, Floyd just this was just a workout for Floyd. He just and it lacked on the like, entertainment. Yeah, it lacked on the like entertainment care. size. He, yeah, he didn't care because of Floyd. He let it. This fight went as long and went just how it did because of Floyd. That's the only reason why Logan got out. Floyd didn't try to knock him out. There were many, mm-hmm. many times Floyd had ample opportunities. From a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. from a there footwork was, standpoint, from Logan Paul, from Floyd being able to do feints and stuff like that, to where he could have lit Logan up and he didn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, we'll we'll play this. You guys, you guys will okay. see these two perspectives or whatever. But it, that's what I'm saying. Is it's like he's saying he won, and it's just like okay. Like it sounds like it's coming from someone who's just a sort of like this is his personality. Like you watch the Paul brothers, and this is what they do, right? There's never going to be this yeah. this sort of like 
wow, this was much more difficult than I thought it was going to be, anything like that. But it's, I guess that's, it's like combat sports in general. No one has any humility in these things, mostly. It's always just kind of this. Mm. Well, I'm interested to see what they show because I listened to Logan Paul's post fight interview in the oct or in the octagon in the ring, um, and he said, "I'm going to be wondering if Floyd just, you know, if if Floyd was the reason why I got out of this. If I didn't, you know, he praised Floyd and stuff like that. I was impressed with lo what Logan said, and I I do agree with Logan that him just getting out of this, not from a knockout loss or TKO stoppage or just surviving is a win for him because but he is not, hang 0 on, 1. Hang on, it's hang on, hang on, because that's not what he said. Okay. Oh, okay. Go that's ahead. That's not what I, it, I, we'll play the clip again, but I'm pretty sure that's not what he said. So let's just, let's play this. Okay. Go ahead. Maybe. I think most people would say Mayweather had the majority of rounds. He certainly had more punches landed, despite the fact that he threw half as many as Logan Paul. You see there. Logan Paul, not exactly economical with that 13% punch land rate. I knew if it went the distance, I, 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 I won, technically. Um, but that wasn't the game plan. When you're fighting a guy like Floyd, you know, the legend, the boxer, uh, kind of relying on him to, to figure out the game plan and then just playing off his. Um, I, I think I, I got him with a good shot in that first round, which kind of threw him off a little bit. and. I mean, yes, yeah, surviving against Floyd Mayweather, like, is great. He's my second opponent. He's my second opponent. Floyd Mayweather is my second opponent. And, and, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh, it's good. It was good fun. All right, Logan Paul goes the distance and definitely wins, you know, some portions of this fight. He had only boxed professionally once before. It didn't go that well. Now, this was one where they didn't have judges. They had a ref, but no judges. They don't have official scoring. This was an exhibition. The only way you knew for sure that you would have a winner is if it was a knockout. And you see what his resume is right there in the middle. 20 million social media subscribers. They hope that would translate into pay-per-view buys for an exhibition with the greatest of all time. I wanted to get the people on the show and he was fighting to survive, as you guys can see. Um, every time he punched, he a clinch. Every time he a punch, he a clinch. He was the bigger guy, and um, a little awkward. His background is wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. So he was good at tying me up. So a guy that came in over 200 and some pounds. I came in at 155, but no excuse. I had fun tonight, and um, you know I go out there to put on a show, and I and I really believe that he was, you know. Just going a distance, that was a win for him. So he was happy with going a distance. Well, you, you can be as good as Floyd Mayweather. You can't be better because 50 and 0 is 50 and 0. 27 uh, KOs. I mean, he's got 12 world titles and five different weight classes. I mean, are you kidding? Now, Floyd Mayweather never fought anybody who weighed in over 154 pounds. Paul weighed in at 190. How about that? This All right. So you got the two perspectives. So one thing that they don't show in here um, that was shown during the fight is that his cornerman told him in the last round, like, Who? hey, you survived this, and this is a win for you. So Logan Paul that. Right. Um, so I think that's what Logan was getting at. 
I don't think he was saying technically I won because I did this or that. I, I don't think that's what he meant. I think I mean, but he, that's semant- that's that's literal semantics. It is. It is, and you wouldn't know that uh, un- unless you kind of understood, like, hey, just him being able to survive and last that long is a win, it, it, and no, then it, knowing what not a told him. Yeah, it's not a disagreement, but, but when you say. Oh, I went eight rounds. I I went eight rounds. I won. It's just like that's not that's not how yeah. that works. Even in an, uh, I can't even say that word tonight. In MMA fight? No, no, in a uh, oh exhibition exhibition. Fight. Yeah, I think that's what he meant. Um, Maybe. And it, I, I, again, you're giving you're have... giving more pet. Uh, you're giving more credit to a Paul brother than I probably ever will. And it's not to say well, that it's he's just because not... I listened to his interview afterwards uh, again, to where he was he said that yeah, right away you're still giving him more credit than i ever would yeah that's fine i just listened to his in-ring interview to where he was saying like hey just me being able to survive was a win for me and floyd's great i'm gonna be thinking the entire time that Floyd let me survive and is that the only reason why i got out yes it is the only reason why he got out because we saw that yeah. Floyd at 44 years of age his defense was still on point it was mm-hmm. great but his offense uh, I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's necessarily that his offense isn't what it used to be. Obviously, age is going to play a factor in that. I think it's just more so. Floyd sucked it up, man. Yeah, it, well, it, it was just a workout for him. He he yeah. didn't. He just wanted to go get an easy paycheck. Not that I blame him. And there was many times, many times, someone of his caliber, someone less like half of that caliber, right? Someone who's a professional fighter and just has ten, maybe ten professional five professional fights had gaping openings uh-huh. to hit Paul. Uh-huh. And I get that well, Paul was that. the bigger man, had the bigger reach and stuff like that. But still, yeah. I mean, there were many times where Paul's hands down here. Yeah. Well, you can like, see, you can see it in those clips too. He gets clean shots on Logan and, uh, he can follow that up and just doesn't. Yeah. And he's blaming like the clinch, which like, sure. in those clips, like you see, He's kind of like grabbing onto him or whatever. But like if you're getting rocked like that, it's not that hard to like get the person off of you and continue what you were doing. So right. it's sort I, I I thought Logan's game plan should have been I, I like the wild berserk, go berserk, just like that. Yeah. I kind of more so thought the only way he stood any type of chance, right, to to land that if all the stars align and Joe Biden and Trump became best friends and you know, the Democratic Party and the Republican Party <laughs> united and unicorns were real. Uh, the only way for him to be able to land that miracle shot would be if he was he tried to clinch Floyd. Not not like hugging him, but clinching him with his arms right. and then trying to land the sh- like as they're breaking, just boom. Yeah. That, that's it. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't see it happening. And, and it didn't. He, he landed some good shots I, and stuff like that. But I just don't care about these things oh i don't either you know what i mean it's like i just wanted to watch it so i could review it it's (laughs) it's interesting (laughs) to kind of talk about it but it's it's also one of those things that none of this is good boxing in my mind at this point is in this like death like final like death screams or spiral or whatever it is when you have the paul brothers keeping boxing alive at this point it's just not there and it i think it irritates a lot of people and honestly it irritates me because mma is really where it's at and these guys are like no 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 we'll we'll box people 
And it's like, yep. that doesn't well, really prove anything to me. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Um, except for that you're really good at boxing and, and you have good hands in that regard. You, so that's you can great. Spend, he, they, they have so much money that they can literally spend all the time that they need to do this. Like they're, yeah. they are and, above and beyond wealthy at this point. Oh, yeah. And the thing with... The thing with this fight is that it was just meant to be. I forgot my point. I was going to say so, it's a spectacle. So, so, so let's talk uh, about his. It ran off my me, head. Tell me about his brother before we move on. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but yeah. So, uh, and kudos to Jake Paul for taking this fight. But Jake Paul is going to fight Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley, what is best friends with Ben Askren? Tyron Woodley is arguably one of the top five. From top three, top five, top ten best welterweights ever in the UFC division. That's the 170 pound division. And uh, he's going to be boxing Jake Paul August 28th. Now, Tyron Woodley has a boxing base. I mean, I'm sorry, has a wrestling base. He's a wrestler. And he has serious knockout power with his right hand. Now, he hasn't been known to be a boxer and one of the fights I saw him struggling and this was earlier in his career was against Rory McDonald, um, who utilized a lot of boxing, but striking, even boxing in MMA, it's different than boxing itself. Like in the sure. ring, it's different, but the outside boxing or the outside striking and the inside striking and all of that are different. Now, the thing though, is that, this is a kudos to Jake Paul for taking this fight. And this is a smart fight for Jake Paul because you have in Woodley's career seeing, Oh, well he hasn't utilized, you know, his boxing. So even though he's been training boxing, right? He trains it. He trained it for 15, 20 years or whatnot. Um, Jake Paul's been hardcore specifically just training this skill set yeah. for three years, going on four years now. So this is a smart fight. Both of them have knockout power. Jake Paul does. Um, but, I mean, Woodley is um, well, it's a weight champion, defended his belt four or five times, competed at a high level, has experience um, factor in there, which, you know, to be able to understand the pressure, angles, just various different things being punched by people already being rocked, knowing what to do all that stuff is going to be a play a factor so i would put yeah. about 70 80 percent of woodley beating jake paul because now woodley gets to hone his craft and just specifically focus on that and if you give an mma fighter of that level uh 13 weeks to just train boxing yeah. the 12 13 week they're yeah. going to be dangerous. Yeah, and he's I mean cuz he's, really he's he's used to going to camps, right? He's used to doing this kind of thing and so getting getting to that place where he's back in competition oh, condition yeah. this, shouldn't be too difficult for him. No, this is a huge step up in competition with Jake Paul for for yeah. Jake Paul because he hasn't fought anyone who has had any sense of striking like Ben's striking if you want to call it that was always defensively <laughs> yeah. to defensive striking to get to get your hands on him and yeah. then he fought Nate Robinson who's a basketball player yeah. and then he fought uh, some YouTuber which obviously Jake Paul's an amateur no one's expecting him to immediately start fighting these 
professional fighters who are 10 and 0, 15 and 0, right. stuff like that. But I, I imagine into it. I imagine the YouTuber that he fought because I, I think that was his first fight, right? So yeah, and I, I don't get, really care about that. That's fine, right? Like, but it's your it's, first it's fight, like it's know? his first fight. The other guy probably had very little idea of what he was doing. Just wanted a chance to take a swing at a Paul brother. Um, mm -hmm. And then he was Askren after that. Or no, Nate Robinson. Nate, after who, that. who also was not a fighter. Like he, he's no a basketball player. Yeah. Um, Which and, I'm even fine with that fight. I'm like, okay, you know, you're you're fighting. You know, I don't really have a problem with that. It's kind of like after that. Okay, now you should start kinda, fighting yeah. people who are boxers. Well, and like, who are somewhat competent in that. Nate Robinson, not a uh, retired fighter. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was saying Nate Robinson ran his mouth. Like they were, they were like beefing with each other, right? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. I mean, and that's what happened. Yeah. So it. <laughs> you know uh okay it's like it, it's, you put your money where your mouth is and he got knocked out and that's again he you know. just got knocked out in boxing and then he yeah. fights ben Askren, who's a retired fighter coming off the hip surgery who's not known for striking at all right kickboxing boxing muay thai taekwondo finger flicking nothing <laughs> um like no sense of striking at all right and also and, and, and loses on him to find out and, and loses then, I was gonna say he lost. Ben, ben. Go ahead. What? I was gonna say he lost on a technicality because the ref was like, "No, no, stop the fight." Yeah. So, so Ben, come to find out later, Ben didn't take it that serious. Uh, yeah, I mean, he but, was, but secondly, yeah, the the stoppage of the fight was questionable. I'm not saying Jake wouldn't have won, but the stoppage, yeah. Very questionable. Yeah, and obviously, we talked um, about this before. Even if there was a little bit of a question, the ref should have just let it kept going because that's what makes entertaining fights. People come to see a knockout. They both come into the mm -hmm. ring with the understanding that one of them could get knocked out. So, you know. So two things. The ref is there to protect the fighter. Yes. That's utmost importance. Protect the fighter. Two, the second thing. It is a main event fight. And so that's always in the mind. Right, like people yeah. are paying money for specifically for this fight, yeah. and so while you, somewhat that goes into consideration. So what I mean is that was was Ben rocked and was he hurt? Yes, I'm not sitting there saying Jake Paul Ben should have been allowed to continue until he was dead, right? Like until he was out yeah, cold. no one's saying that's that. not what I'm saying. But he wasn't rocked or hurt so much from we've seen in uh, many other fights we've watched to where it justified it being stopped. He was like, okay. Yeah. He's hurt. You he continue going though. He had his hands up, yeah, ready to make an offensive move, stepping forward. Those are all signs, right? Exactly. And this is come and again. This is a guy who competed in a sport where people get rocked, are on the ground, and they're allowed to go in and ground pound the person on the ground once that's happening before the fight is actually stopped. Happens and people, all the time. People, not only that, but people don't realize. Like you can get knocked out, and I've heard many fighters. Um, I've, first off, I've seen it. I've been rocked. Mm -hmm. I haven't done this though. Uh, if you've ever watched a fight or heard a fighter talk, being like, "Yeah, when this person hit me, I was out," and then when they hit me again, it woke me back up, and I was like, "Oh crap, I'm in mm -hmm. a fight. I had to check. Okay, you yeah. know, I'm in the middle of the ring. That happens. Yeah. You a punch can knock you out, and then that same punch can follow back up, can mm -hmm. wake you back up, and you're mm -hmm. cognitive and you're ready to go back to it somewhat in about five seconds or so. Um, so yeah, I mean, anyway, I'm interested for this fight. It's August 28th. It's going to be fun. Cool. So Batman, what's going on with Batman? Yeah, let's do it. 
So you want to? Um, I didn't even read this. Was there a video? I I didn't. I no, there's not a video. There's no video. It's just an article. I found some videos on it, but all the videos sucked. So, um, so rumor has it that the Batman starring Edward Cullen himself, Robert Pattinson, is uh going to be delayed again to 2023 for poss- for more reshoots. So they've already done reshoots. And everything centers around Robert Pattinson and Bruce, all the Bruce Wayne scenes because right. he didn't take it. Um, rumor has it. This is all allegedly, right? Mm-hmm. Allegedly, in the beginning, he didn't take it serious and he didn't buff up for the role like he was supposed to. And so it looks to Bruce Wayne's scenes scene because he got really small for Tenet. Um, yeah. And the Bruce Wayne scenes seem really off and bad. So they're reshooting them. Well, now with this one, I'm talking about from the bottom up, the executives, everyone is allegedly are mad because a source close to YouTuber, um, Dictor Van Doomcock. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that without laughing. <laughs> tells tells the future ruler of Earth that the bloated and beleaguered production could face another delay and in the process become the most expensive movie ever made. At the top of the discussion about this rumor, it should first be noted that uh, Doomcock himself <laughs> has stressed that he is skeptical about the information he was presented and urged his viewers to take it with a grain of salt. So, Here's the scoopity scoop. Um, so the scoop is that his source said the villains vexing the Dark Knight this time are studio executives who've seen the movie and aren't happy because Matt Reeves gave them a rough cut of the film. Um, and when they saw it, they freaked out. And the reaction was similar to those of Star Wars and Star Trek fans who saw The Last Jedi and Into Darkness. Um, a heating shower, shouting match allegedly ensued between the execs um, shocked at what they saw and Matt Reeves who struck back at the very same executives who didn't listen to his previous complaints about Robert Pattinson surprisingly despite the stories about the former Twilight stars failure to work out and bulk up um, apparently the co-star in the film Zoe Kravitz um, or, I'm sorry, it's about his dalliance with co-star Zoe Kravitz, his attitude on set, and how awful he looked in the suit next to the stunt doubles, um, the studio's problems with everything Bruce Rain related. So, yeah. So it might so be So they bad. want it might to be possibly <laughs> reshoot. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it might be bad. If it's going through this many shoots... That's not a good sign. No. And I don't think it's probably with the plot and the storyline per se with Matt Reeves as more so the problem is sounds like right. Robert Pattinson, who knows, but. Oh, well, it just sounds it dep- like it depends. Be- it, it depends on what it is, right? Because the director is trying to put together this vision, mm-hmm. but it, I don't know if Matt, I was trying to look it up. Let's see if you, Oh, he is one of the writers for it. Um, mm-hmm. Wait, what yeah, and from I, what I know, isn't Matt Reeves a good director? Wouldn't you say that? Yeah, he's pretty good. He's he did the uh, 
Planet of the Apes movies. Um, mm-hmm. Looks like he did the last two from what I can see. He may have done all three of them. Um, IMDb's being weird. Um, he did the American version of Let the Right One In, which I think is... Uh, people hate remakes and everyone loves Let the Right One In. I won't go into that. It's like Vampire Kid's story. But he's also mm-hmm. the guy that directed Cloverfield. So he actually doesn't have a huge... He doesn't have a huge directing background. I mean, he's been doing stuff since 94, but there's pretty big gaps in his in his directing. Um, yeah. He has 13 credits to his name for that. Uh, but the those Planet of the Apes movies are good. Uh, Cloverfield's good, even if you don't like the, the style of the found footage. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, Let Me In is a very competent, you know, retelling of uh, a foreign film so uh, he's not a bad director yeah. by any means he has he's he's got a, a decent eye um but th- but here's the thing and everyone should kind of maybe be aware of this by now but when it comes to superhero movies the people directing them rarely have full say now marvel and dc are a little bit different in that regard and i think dc kind of tries to give things more to that but it they've gotten in the way of a lot of other productions as well um and again dc currently does not have kind of the cohesive vision that marvel does which right. i think is kind of continuing uh to shoot them in the foot because marvel keeps uh, well we've talked about marvel in the past and where they're headed now but up until this point marvel's generally had a very good thing going for kind of like dumb fun co- popcorn flicks and everything kind of being combined so as long as you're going to see every movie you sort of feel connected to this world whereas with dc it's like there's like someone that i know or you see an article almost every week where they're like well they're resetting it well maybe they're not resetting it well there's a wonder woman movie coming out uh but you know batman or uh superman's now black and now we're doing batman and now batman might not be good and so, yep. at this point... And this is going to be part of the that DC universe. This is going to be this own standalone thing. The yeah. Joker movie with um, Todd directing it was this own standalone thing right. on the part of it. So, it's all... This, to me, it does... It's, I mean, who knows? I mean, probably a lot of people are to blame. But it kind of... I mean, I'd imagine that if Robert Pattinson didn't bulk up for the movie, it's hard to take someone who doesn't have super human abilities, who's a skinny man mm-hmm. as a superhero, right? Yeah. Well, and, and so the, that bet it, it depends on what they were trying to do with that. And if, okay. So if, if Pattinson, who is just an actor, right. Did right. not take it seriously and they went ahead. That's on the director, but that's also on the producers because they're supposed to be keeping track of everything and make sure things are, staying on schedule because there are budgets and budgets are expensive and they allot a certain amount of time like it's it's supposed to be in a good production done relatively well right it's a it's a well oiled Mm -hmm. oiled machine as soon as a few pieces start getting screwed up it can derail the entire thing and disney is notorious for this when that solo movie came out because 75 percent of the movie got made and they hadn't seen any of it and they hated the direction that Lord and Miller were taking it. So they fired Lord and Miller and brought in Ron Howard. 
and allegedly redid a majority of the movie. Because the like Lord and Miller, who did 21 and 22 Jump Street, they did the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. If you've seen any of that stuff, they have a very goofy, unserious approach to the movies that they make, right? And so you, that's the kind of solo movie you would have gotten. Um, whereas Ron Howard is more of your typical director. He's he's at least takes his craft. I, I wouldn't call him necessarily... Well, yeah, he's kind of a serious director. But he's definitely different than Lord and Miller. They have completely different styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, allegedly, it's like... It's the most expensive Star Wars movie I think ever made because of the amount of money they had to spend on re- reshoots. Like I want to say it was like $500 million or something like that. It was an insane amount of money for... You know, that gum, man. yeah, and, and so that's crazy. That was a lot of that for a lot of people. That was the movie that sort of started the trend in that universe of being like, uh oh, you know, like what's going yeah. on? Though I think that was after the Last Jedi, and so it had already kind of begun. And so maybe that was also like, oh boy, here we go, what's going on? So I don't know, man. Uh, we'll see. I I'll, I'll be curious like a year from now uh, if it's out. And also the direction of a lot of these big budget superhero movies. And if people are still as interested in them as they were two years ago before yeah. the uh, the virus of unknown origin and the lockdowns and all that know. stuff. Even then, like people were trying starting to get that fatigue oh, I had, from them. Yeah, I, that's the I've, right word to use. I have it hardcore. I kind of want to see Black Widow. Other than that, I have no interest in seeing any of those other movies, especially the Eternals. I don't even, <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't have any interest in seeing that movie. I don't even really care to see Black Widow. Um, and I was interested in the Batman, just, you know, surprise, surprise, he's my well, favorite Batman, superhero. yeah. But mainly, and then also with Matt Reeves directing it, I was surprised. And I saw that trailer that came out that we all saw, and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. But now I'm like, oh great, Robert Pattinson's not getting buffed up. Yeah, I should you watch know, the trailer that, again. Know. I haven't, I haven't seen it since. Yeah. whenever it first. Just the original came out. one, not this other one that a fan did that fooled a bunch of people. <laughs> fooled me. <laughs> so I got duped. So, I got bamboozled. So sticking on the DC train, uh, or uh-huh. at least under the banner of DC, Netflix dropped a series on Friday uh, that I watched oh. over the weekend uh, called Sweet Tooth, and. It would be a little hard to explain the plot. It's not super complicated, but you kind of have to watch the show for it to sink in. Uh, but it's essentially about a virus that it, it's so funny that a couple these shows are starting to come up, and I don't, I don't think it was intentional. The conspiracy side of me wants to say, "Wow, all of these shows where the plot is now a virus wipes out most of the population." Um, yeah, right. But I have a feeling a lot of this stuff was in production before, or well, this might have been during. I'd have to I'd have to go back and look. But essentially, it's based off a, a off. Technically, it's Vertigo Comics, but it's under the DC, Vertigo's under the DC banner. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd never heard of it until the show came out. I have no interest in reading the comics. Uh, comics. I'll just watch the show. Uh, but the show's good. It's actually. It's, oh wow! It, yeah, it's quite good. Um, you got a clip for it. Uh, no, I don't. And I put the trailer in if anybody in the show notes if anybody's okay. interested. Um, I don't. I'm I don't really want to spoil anything. It's only eight episodes. Um, it's kind of like, I mean, it's a post post apocalyptic story, right? Most of humanity's wiped out. There's 
a sort of mystery around why children born around the same time that this virus is released Mm -hmm. have animal characteristics. So the main character, whose whose actual name I think is Gus, uh, they they just call him Sweet Tooth because he likes sugary things. Uh, but he has like deer antlers, and he has other characteristics, so he can hear and smell really well, and he has he can see in the dark. So there's a semi running mm. joke throughout the show where the lights will go out somewhere, and people get scared because his eyes glow green. You know, like if you see a deer. Yeah. Um, so that it's stuff like that. It doesn't take itself uber seriously, but it. It does a decent job of sort of pushing some of those darker elements without it being the entire show and falling into some of the tropes of like, oh, they meet this innocent group of people and because of who Gus is and this like uh, shadowy organization wants him, everyone he runs into literally dies or whatever. So it's not really like that. It actually Mm. has a little bit more of a... Uh, a lighthearted approach to an apocalyptic story without being mm-hmm. with without being uh too unserious so it, it does have serious elements yeah. to it they they deal with like belonging and um identity to some degree and uh just some other other stuff like that and it, it works really well like the cast is really good uh was kind of surprised by that it's not too political, which is nice. Now they they get into a lot of the like, like adults ruined planet Earth and that narrative, you know, without being yeah. nuanced, which is really I, I find kind of annoying because it's like one of the characters. She's kind of this dumb teenager. She's actually a pretty good character, but from my perspective, at least, she's kind of dumb because she's like, I don't like adults because adults are the reason that this happened, and it's like you're not wrong. But you don't understand sort of the political nature of who has the ability to cause these kinds of things. So to just blame mm-hmm. blame adults in general, it felt very um, sort of like Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. So there's there, but they don't play it in a way where, to some degree, the Lost Boys were ignorant of things, whereas she doesn't necessarily come off as an ignorant care. They don't necessarily portray her as an ignorant character, which. Again, this is kind of a problem in Hollywood now where they kind of use characters to push a message rather than that character maybe being partially right, but growing to understand where they were wrong and struggling with the fact that, Mm -hmm. oh, and maybe it'll get there. It's only the first season. Um, You know, but the character needs to get to a place where it's like, oh, maybe not everyone who is over the age of 20 is an awful person, right? Maybe there is a sense of like, belonging and family and all these things that can be had with people who don't look exactly like you aren't around the same age like that kind of deal so yeah obviously it's not perfect uh but i mean i really enjoyed it i there was hardly any moment where i wasn't at least engaged with what was going on and it's got a very uh almost like old adventure novels it's kind of got that feel to it or whatever like he's on and I think that's on purpose because I Tom Tom Sawyer is a uh I think an inspiration for the story uh cuz it's it's like one of Sweet Tooth's favorite characters and he actually builds a raft at the, in the first episode uh cuz he that's kind of how he understands like going on an adventure and uh he's right. trying to get to Colorado and 
yeah, it's just fun. Uh, it, you know, you're not gonna. I don't think your life's gonna be changed by watching it. But considering all the garbage that Netflix has been putting out recently, I was pleasantly surprised by the show. I think it's it's quite good. Oh yeah. So I feel you on that. Well, speaking of being surprised, do you want to get to this next topic? Yeah, this is yours. I have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, nice. We'll keep it fresh like that. Well, just for those watching, pull up that uh, tweet. I'm, I'm going to have it in front of me, and I'll read it, but yeah. you can just pull it up for them to see it, too. Um, or they can just check the show notes if you want, whatever you want to yeah, do. Yeah, that's fine. You just, just read it. Uh, but so one of the things I'm focusing on is Oh, this like leftism, leftism, leftism is fraudulent, and it's particularly it's a religion. And so we're gonna look at this tweet from AOC, uh, your beloved representative from New York. She tweeted on June second, just over a week ago. My abuela fell ill. I went to Puerto Rico to see her my first time in a year plus because of COVID. This is her home. Hurricane Maria relief hasn't arrived. Trump block relief dollars for Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Um, people are being forced to flee ancestral homes and developers are taking them. We immediately got to work. I'm not going to read the rest of that. You can read, <laughs> read all that. But basically... Uh, cause I didn't realize it was a freaking like, Oh yeah. She wrote a novel. novel over here she yeah. wrote. Good. Good <laughs> gosh. Man. Um, Hey, you know, more power to you if you want to write like that. Not me though. So I mean, sometimes just depends on the, anyway, so she's getting around to blaming. Uh, she says we immediately got to work reaching out to the community advocates and following the money. Uh, what's happening in Puerto Rico is systemic. Much of it can be traced to La Junta, a.k.a. the Wall Street-connected fiscal control board that the U.S. gave power to over the island. In the aftermath of Maria, the Trump administration oversaw two key items, handling millions in public money to unqualified donor pals, example, Whitefish. The other was to impose extremely difficult eligibility rules for Puerto Ricans, which allowed mass rejections of recovery fund applications. I want to be clear, while Trump administration had a major role, it wasn't just them. Local policies, La Junta, etc., were all on the same page. Policies that pushed out local families. To turn this around, we need audits and get recovery relief to people ASAP without the honor strings. And for the record, my abuela is doing okay. It's not about us, but about what's happening to Puerto Ricans across the island. She had a place to go and to be cared for. What about the thousands of people who don't? So... She blames state government, federal government, and the local government all in this tweet, right? Okay. Oh, girl, before this, I think it was before this, but old girl got herself a Tesla, and she parked it wrong <laughs> no in the handicap spot, and someone took a picture of that baby and posted it out there on on the Twitter spheres, on the intronets, as the young kids are calling it this, these days. And so it's like, before I get into talking about the major points, the, the reason why I say fraudulent, yes, this is hypocrisy, but it's fraudulent. Obviously, she has the 
means and the abilities to help her grandmother out. Her home shouldn't be like that. If you wanted to get into everything, I want to, as far as some of her claims about the dollars not getting there to her, again, that's why FEMA needs to be reformed. And a lot of these officials, I mean, there was, if I remember correctly, last year or in 2019, I remember seeing a video, a picture, articles about warehouses full of the Hurricane Maria relief that the state politicians, local politicians just kept there. Um, the Puerto so, Rican, wait, Puerto Rican politicians or? Yes. Yeah. And okay. so the state politicians for Puerto Rico or the uh, local politicians, I'm not very familiar with it would probably, their politicians for Puerto Rico. Right. It would probably be the same, the same people since they're, uh, a, they're a nation state. They're not. Yeah. To territory. Territory. Yeah. Politicians is what I meant by the state politicians. I just meant at, you know, there's local, and I'm sure they have a higher level of government from just a local government. So whatever that would be, um, someone kept all that relief away, which is terrible. And yeah, but AOC had the means to help her grandmother and didn't. And so uh, one of the things that this showed me was that AOC and the left wholeheartedly believe in the state, not in community. So, when the state fails, the answer is, we need to give more power to the state so they can fix it. <laughs> it's cyclical, right? Well, yeah, it's like, it, it's like if you got a... Uh, I think the logic is something along the lines of, well, I ordered a Big Mac from McDonald's McDonald's got my order wrong. Therefore, McDonald's needs more control over my order so that they can get my order correct. Right. It's not per. It's not a right. perfect analogy, but it's along that lines where it, it, it's like if if you and I were making a transaction and you did a terrible job on that transaction, and instead of going, well, I'm going to take my business elsewhere, I go. How do I still continue to work with you even though you massively screwed up? Yes, so David hires me <laughs> to paint his house. I do a terrible job. David says, I need to give you more control over the paint and what color they use exactly. and stuff like that, even That's though exactly the is. paint's everywhere, Thank right? You. Except for... This is the millionth time I screwed up, and David's like, you need more power. <laughs> more. <laughs> That's oh, where it falls the, short. Yeah, 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 yeah. If, if I get this and kind so, of paint, you'll completely change the way that you do things. Yep. yep. Or if I give you more money, you'll, you'll, you'll change at that time. And so well, the problem is that statism will always fail because it will always displace responsibility by necessity. Yeah. So that's why I mean when I say it's about fraud, not necessarily hypocrisy. And oh. it's also why I believe that the right cannot they don't understand how to capitalize no. on these situations they're just like she's a hip um, like trump trolling right she's a they're right to point out the hypocrisy but it goes beyond that you have hyper reality and then you have reality and the left and trump are both really good about deflecting things in reality mm -hmm. the hyper reality and then things that are actually in reality but are they come in first at hyper reality 
um, they leave in the hyper reality sphere, so it doesn't affect them. Yeah. And that's the the problem with the right is that they don't understand that. And so the problem with what EO, uh, AOC said is the so Matt Walsh, who is a conservative pundit, I believe he's a uh, he's self proclaimed Christian too, um, and uh, he is with the Daily Wire. He um, started a GoFundMe. It's hilarious, though, for AOC's grandmother and the latest personal attack and raised like $100,000 within like two hours. Did accomplish what needed to be done quicker than the government could. Yeah. And so all you saw from um, the... So out of the 26 articles that were reported, seven of them, I believe, were by left-wing sources and all seven of them were attacking him saying for raising money uh, for, <laughs> God. for uh, raising money right no, no without getting there. all into that yeah yeah so and so go ahead no i i mean i don't know where where else you're going with this or whatever and maybe matt had correct intentions in this but this seems kind oh, of i think he was using as yeah, a political okay. stuff. i mean i'm sure, I'm it, sure seems, it was part i'm sure it was part he probably he was like, this is a good opportunity for me to help, right? And then also... Help my career, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I think the grandma was probably a little bit lower on the scale. But either yeah. way, it's still funny. And he so, still tried to help her. Now, just to let everyone know, someone in AOC's uh, grandmother's family told GoFundMe that she won't take the money, even though AOC previously claimed that her grandma was in dire straits and that it was Trump's fault. AOC still hasn't acknowledged this effort or thanked them. And they got an email from GoFundMe saying, hey, we refund all this. And uh, so this is the problem, I think. Like, uh, He asked a good question here. Why didn't AOC help her own grandmother? Why did she turn our help down? Yeah. Um, and and I think it's kind of, it's very... Uh, okay, so terrible of AOC in this capacity. This is what I mean. She had an opportunity to be able to turn this into a good story, right? Right. Right. She could, you and know what I mean? And, and she didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, something like turn it around. Haha, you think you got me, but I'm going to use this. And grant, don't grant me. AOC went to help uh, in Texas when they had the power outage, right? And she used that as a political oh, stunt, which is what Matt Walsh called her out on right and he did the and same he's thing doing here. the same thing now yeah so here's yeah. here's the thing um they're kind of two sides the reason at least what i think the reason that the right versus the left uh, the right generally isn't getting the one-upmanship or they're not doing things correctly is because they don't really want to right mm. it, it doesn't do anyone who works for the daily wire any good if they actually manage to get all of uh, the left to actually start working with them because they need them to butt heads in order for that content to continue, right? They need mm -hmm. people to be angry about something and to take a side, uh, like a bias side on, on an issue, no matter what it is, right. right? Because that fuel not only continues to fill the banks of the people working at the Daily Wire, but the same thing's kind of true on the opposite side with anyone over there, 
right? So mm-hmm. AOC gets political credit. She's going to get political credit for this no matter what ends up happening. Because like the first, you you scroll down and Kathy Griffin's like talking to AOC. She says, thank you for continuing to do a great job. You represent Americans better than we represent ourselves. Yep. What? And I think what this really shows with her not, you, you're right. I agree with what you said, but I think it shows that about AOC's own personal beliefs politically that she's either a liar or she doesn't care about the about harm to people even her own grandmother because the state specifically isn't fixing it that's why her team sought to to get the GoFundMe stuff shut down and reimbursed because it called called them out right? right the right produces results within hours showing the stupidity the absurdity how dumb the claim is that more statism is the answer to fix this mess, but they mess up because it's just, they go on about trolling and just being like, well, she's a hypocrite. And so without properly, ex, you know, exposing and expounding on the religion that leftism is and what they do wrong. So what do I mean? We already talked about it, that their strategy is circular. It's an endless cycle of complaining power, complaining power, complaining power. Leftism, as a religion, their primary doctrines are negative thinking and utopianism. So, the state is their Jesus. The right has to become better at exposing that, articulating it, and expounding on all the different alternatives to that. Right, but they won't. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just going to be trolling, trolling, trolling. And a lot of this comes from James. I want to tr- credit James Lindsay on that because I really liked what he had to say. Um, and it, it has to be more than just ha ha, poke fun at AOC. And then, you know, two months back, so however long ago, ha ha poke fun at the right, you know, AOC raising millions of dollars for those in Texas and stuff like that. What we see is that voluntarism works a whole lot faster than the government does. Absolutely. That's that I completely agree with. The problem is, is that statism isn't left specific. I, I, I don't know Matt Walsh personally. He's probably, mm-hmm. a sta- he's probably a statist. Probably. He, I, probably is. I agree. I, I think that... Ben just Tr- probably think, less of a statist than AOC, maybe, right? No, no. I, just, I would, no, maybe just as much, just in a different way. Just in a different way? Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Because AOC wants to force people to pay taxes for the things that she believes are of the highest morality. And Matt Walsh wants the same thing. The same thing. But just he has different moral standards, right? And the more that you talk, mm-hmm. you talk to a lot of them here, here, like, here's the thing, right? And I, I thought this is kind of interesting and maybe this leads into me going back to church a little bit, but we'll, we'll get into it. And, uh, my, yeah. pa- my pastor on Sunday mentioned what I thought kind of was more like, like morally, I would call it morally gray, even though he put it in the very immoral section of, um, uh-huh. uh, Essentially, like not paying, not paying your taxes, <laughs> and oh, I understand. Yeah. So again, and this is I understand the nuance behind what what Jesus said about paying your taxes. Right. the The problem is, is that if you go on a hard, uh, like stance on we should have like you should pay your taxes because Jesus told you to. It's like okay, well, what if you 
paying those taxes is going to killing innocent men, women, and children in other countries, or innocent children in this country because of abortion, or name your pick your like literally pick your poison, right? Right. For for what it is, right? And so, where does so, your moral obligation? Me, where's your moral obligation lie? In that regard, can I counter that? You can, yeah. Okay, so what about the Romans? You know, give the Caesars what what is Caesar gives the God what is God, right? The emphasis there sure. is you know giving your money, paying paying your taxes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, giving to Caesar what you giving the government what you owe them. Yep. Um, but give to God yourself. It's a higher calling. You're mm-hmm. giving your very self to God, right? Yep. And so the Romans at the time period when you know they went into places. I mean killed men, women, children, or raped the women, stuff like that, right? Yep. So taxes go on to terrible things there, right? Yep. So would that would you still say that the the same thing would apply here? Different political system, I think is the biggest argument against that. Okay. You don't pay your taxes you don't pay your taxes to the Rome like the biggest thing is that Caesar thought he was God. So yeah. in his mind, you're not paying taxes to their God, right? With our system, right. at least from a a traditional standpoint in the, the foundation of America or whatever, uh, the, the country was literally built on that not – they didn't want to pay taxes, and so they didn't do it. Without representation. Exactly. Yeah. And so there, it, you have to ask yourself the question is like, is can you make an argument for taxation being different in those, those two scenarios, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have we have the ability to actually go and change that because there. I think there is. I, I think I don't think there's any sort of disconnect between those two things. And just to to say so easily, like, um, so he brought up ta- paying your taxes as well, a, How did he bring it up, uh, dude? I don't remember. And I can get into that because what's he like? It was the most. Like, I know John Piper has talked about like, do you cheat on your taxes right. on your IRS taxes when you know for greed because you love money, right? And that might have been. I, I, I would say that's probably a different mm-hmm. thing. And that might have been saying, his, than on a principle mo- matter, right? That like may on a principle, been, like, hey, this is wrong. Yes, that may have been his angle. The problem is, is that and I've noticed this a lot, is that pastors will sort of like throw these things out without any explanation behind like what they're saying. Like he was talking mm-hmm. about, he talked about how, and it, we're getting off subject a little bit and we can move on, but uh, he was talking about how like, if you're not wearing your red wedding ring, you should probably be in counseling. And I'm like, well, wedding rings are cultural. It's like, you've got to get into detail about what exactly you mean by that. You mean, if you're going to, yeah. if you're going to throw that stuff out there. Right. It's like, cause I, Jeez. I it's just one of those that things. That's like what I shared. Go ahead. Uh, I, I think that's, it's that's a brace kind of a that hits you in the face without, it's like, what's biblical about that? Yeah. It's one thing to hit someone in the face, like, cause you're expounding from the word. You're not intentionally trying to hit them in the face to hit them in the face. You're just expounding from the word, what God is saying. Right. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to, that sounds like one of those things to be intentional about it. Like, Oh, Hey, if you're not wearing your wedding ring, you're a dirty rotten sinner. That's why I sent that thing out <laughs> on discord about the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's like, okay, guys, I get it. You may even be right, but come on, like, you know. So my only other my only other thought about this whole thing with AOC, um, when yeah. was this hurricane? Hurricane Maria. Yeah. Oh shoot. 2017. So why is OC, AOC just talking I about this? I want to say it is. 
It is 2017. Yeah, I was right. So why is why did AOC bring this up on June 2nd of this year for something that happened four years ago? Because she was using it for a political stunt to get the state more power. Because allegedly it's been first time in a year since she's gone to see her grandmother in Puerto Rico. So she was still gives her two years. So she was aware of this way before any of this actually happened and got a tesla for over a hundred thousand dollars <throat> got him now ben shapiro donated walsh's gofundme 499 dollars which is what the payment would be for a tesla every month <laughs> <laughs> that's a good move that's hilarious Bro. that cracked me up when i heard that she's a <laughs> she's a state representative to a pretty small she's district such establishment, dude. She's a state representative to a small district in New York, and she can afford a Tesla. Yep. And oh, not just that, she lives. I want to say, she, uh, allegedly, from what I heard on Tim Pool's podcast, that uh, she stays in a really luxury, nice apartment in D.C. All this stuff. So, yeah, man, it's not surprising. You know what I mean? Okay, so let's. I, I move. I'm moving up this thing about going to church. I don't want to talk too much about this. I yeah. kind of just wanted to give. No, I'm good. I'm done. Um, kind of like the thoughts that I had. Because uh, okay. it's been it's been about a year just because of the COVID restrictions, and I think I've mentioned on the show before that I've been a little annoyed by, and it's it's not just the church that I currently attend, but just churches in general, uh, doing this duck and cover. So when- mentality with the way that they've mm-hmm. handled everything going on like we're just going to wait out the storm um mm. and so what was your question and then i'll kind of get into no 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 no. you hit my i okay. was going to say is it is it i was going to ask you to def, like to define what you mean by churches like specifically oh like what churches are, Amer- let's are just say american church to? let's just say american churches i think there's been and, and the reason I say this is because there's been very little news in America about anyone pushing back on mm-hmm. any kind of restrictions. Even now that, like, even as soon as we knew certain things were the case, you, you didn't really hear about any. Everyone was still just like, okay, well, we're just gonna kind of like wait and see, right? Mm-hmm. So here's just these are just my thoughts, just kind of uh, thoughts and feelings based on going back for the first time in about a year. Um, some good. Uh, I, I'm really glad to sort of be back in community. Um, and it was nice because there's not this like questioning of all sort of the political garbage and uh, that's been going around sort of like things have been used for political gain as far as like masks and vaccines and mm-hmm. um, a lot of those other things. It's like none of that was really there, right? I don't even think anybody brought it all up. Right. Um, and it's kind of nice because I think it's been in our faces for so long that, that you sometimes you can't, uh, you can't get past a lot of it. Like I didn't even want to bring up because a couple people asked me about the show and I didn't even want to bring up what we talk about a lot of the time because I was like, I don't really want to have this conversation right now. Like, it's just not, it's like, I just want to be here. I want to be around people. Uh, and I don't want this to, to turn into me having to defend every stance that I believe that you have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So great. That part was awesome. A couple weird things. First one was the number of police officers that were in the building. It was very noticeable. Uh, huh. I don't know why they were there. 
and I could I could Death make assumptions. Threat, I could make assumptions why they were, but I, I won't. It was weird. No, do it. What assumptions? Go ahead. So yeah, that's the first one. Okay. Two crazy people being upset that the church is reopened and no one's wearing masks anymore, no one's doing anything like that. There's really no social distancing going on. Um the weird thing for me is just sort of how and this probably wasn't intentional. I don't and this I I'm not saying this from a place of I believe this is what was going on. It's just sort of the image that it gives off felt very like I was being watched if that makes sense like they're they're guarding something and it, it didn't feel like church mm. I understand the need to have protection there that, that's it's not an argument that I'm trying to have with anyone but you know the like if you're if you watch like Star Wars and maybe I'm being ridiculous about this but you know when you're watching Star Wars and like the emperor is being guarded by like imperial troops. Yeah. And you know, cause all these guys were wearing masks. Every cop was the, all the uniformed cops were, it just kind of felt like that. And it's probably just a feeling. Mm. I'm sure those people are very nice. I don't know them personally, but it was just kind of an odd feeling where I was like, I feel like, like I'm in a situation where, I'm going into this building and there's like slightly less trust in the people who are here just mm. as a congregation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And it I feels, it felt weird and awkward. I don't think that was the intention at all, but it kind of comes off, you know, like the, 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 there was sort of this guard, like the guard was up, you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas like, in the past, going into church, it very, feels very much like a home. Feels very much like a community. Um, we did have security before, but they weren't uh, in uniform, right? Right, they were plain clothes. Yes, and so that was very weird. Um, also, I think the other big thing that was really, really weird is how everything felt business as usual about the way that the church was doing everything, like they just wanted to forget that the past year had happened. Hmm. The sermon you, felt like something yeah. from, from a year and a half ago, you know, something it was very, and, and honestly, it wasn't really that great. Like I, I think that cause the church is a little seeker friendly, which can have its benefits. I guess it's a talk for another time, but the message was like, he was kind of talking about John the Baptist and I thought he was going into this direction of repentance, mm -hmm. but then it basically just turned into your typical uh, baptism, like spiel, which I've always kind of had. I've had problems with the way that pastors kind of will take an entire sermon to try to convince people in the con congregation to get baptized. It's like, and again, this is what not okay. Well, this is the point. It is not to say that like. You shouldn't spend time speaking on that, mm -hmm. but it's one of those things that it has a tendency to be up front and center all the time uh, at this what, baptism. Yeah. At this specific church where they'll take okay. an entire, like multiple, like at least once a year, 
and it and it gets kind of old like they're kind of recycling the same material right whereas oh, in yeah. a in a well functioning church if you're trusting your leadership and you're trusting the people that are there speaking among the congregation you should be able to be like hey we for for this like this week or this month or at this time like we really want to uh, we've gotten a lot of new people coming in. We want to work on baptism, everything. And, and this is a problem, kind of a criticism I've always had of mega churches. They feel very corporatized. Like everything has a schedule, yep. everything has a plan. Um, and it's just like it. And what I'm saying is, is that the sermon felt like he went from talking about re- repentance to going into just like, this is why you need to be baptized. Like it, it, it almost felt like a, a sharp change in the direction um, mm-hmm. Without getting into to too much detail, because I kind of thought he he kind of felt like all over the place, and he was kind of trying to shoehorn uh, like real real um, what what's that thing that pastors do where where they're trying to seem more relatable? They like tell stories from their own life in a way to seem more relatable, and then sometimes it, it hardly feels like it fits into what you're talking about, right? Jesus. Exegesis, right? Versus exegesis, where it's like actually coming from yeah, Jesus. I think yeah. that's right. It's where they insert themselves into the um, scripture rather than pulling from like and letting that's not, the scripture speak. Yeah, that's not exactly what he was doing. Thing. But he was trying to give like an example of a story in in real life mm-hmm. to to try to make things, I guess, feel real to the people in the audience. But it kind of just felt like he was wanted to talk about his granddaughter, you know. And it was just like, yeah, it was like, oh, definitely. okay. I was like, I kind of see the connection. So, and I'll leave it at this because uh, again, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be around people um, again and uh, to kind of continue to like rebuild relationships and so on and so forth yeah. and all that. He made this comment. I think it was, it just, it rubbed me the wrong way where he was talking about baptism. And he's like, if someone doesn't want to get baptized, who says that they, they are a believer uh, and then they're they're hesitant to be baptized or, you know, whatever their case may be for why they haven't done it yet. He goes, well, if you don't want to be baptized, why would you want to go to heaven? And I went, I went I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, I, I was like, I don't. It's like, and this is what I'm talking about is like you're you're taking something that maybe with explanation would make make sense. Maybe your thought process behind how, how you got to that makes sense. But just making that as a statement and then not giving any context to it. Yeah. It's like seems odd. It's like so you think that someone's questioning of why they need to do this or why they need to do it in this specific way, and you say, Well, because I said so, because the the Bible says get baptized. Like it's like you uh, You equate that to them of not wanting to go to yeah. heaven. Well, or why you, would they want to go to heaven? Exactly. It's like, well, well then why would you even care about going to heaven? And it's like, what? No one's saying that, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Who's saying that? Right. And again, I, who are these people? I think it's, so here's the deal. It's like, I think it's healthy to be critical of churches. Um, it's not in a way, I, I think it has to be a little bit joking because you need to be able to, uh, be reminded that like pastors are people too. Yeah. And it goes. They mess up. They mess it's up. It's okay to. It's okay to critique them in a loving way and to. But there's a difference. Know, and again, but there's a difference. You shouldn't be going to church and just believing every single thing right. that your pastor says. Mm-hmm. You are approaching 
your Sunday service the wrong way. That doesn't mean that you should be going to church and criticizing every single thing your pastor says. But what you should yeah. do is you should be having church a every day. Church is every day, not just on Sunday. That's mm-hmm. the gathering. You are the church. So B, you should be in fellowship with God through prayer, through studying of his word, so that when you are there at the gathering on Sunday, if there is any error, you are guarded from that. You know you have discernment, you have wisdom, mm-hmm. and you know what saying is wrong, and then you can go and say, hey, man, you got this wrong. But I also don't feel as if the church has this con- – like, I've never felt connected to the head pastor. I used to work there, and it's one of those places where it's like he's the guy who gets up on Sunday morning and talks for 30 or 45 minutes. But – and this I think this is a, a legit, legitimate critique of megachurches, but he's hardly mm-hmm. – he's hardly – he's in the role of head pastor – but it's sort of like he's not really my pastor because he's not the one who has any. He's any more sort of a of, preacher. Yeah, he doesn't really have influence over anything. Like he's not the person I would go to in times of trouble or if I have something going on, right? And so it's sort of right. this. He's not. Of, he's well. I think what you mean is that he's not accessible for you to do that, exactly, right? Exactly. And it. And and so it's not that you should be able to go to him weekly, mm-hmm. you know consistently daily you know every two days three days whatnot uh to get him but you don't have any access to him because it's what you said at the beginning that specifically with mega churches that they operate like fortune 500 corporations that is they operate exactly like like that like they 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 act like that but in a non-profit situation because you always have the spiel at some point and i I get it we do it on the show but it's a little maybe Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different but they have the person come up, and I feel like I was watching an ad on NPR or PBS the way that they were talking about asking people to give to the church. It's like every mm-hmm. everything feels very – it's funny. It's like everything about the way it's run feels very systematic, and then you get into the preaching, and it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> and I'm almost like maybe, yeah. maybe reverse the two. Maybe <laughs> – Yeah, no, you, you're right. I th- I think this is let's let's get into this, like because this is what can I've I been say, wanting to talk about. For can I a say while. one? Can I say one more thing? Just as like kind of an yeah, yeah. Thing no, no, I want to get into this. Like, so, yeah, even if we have to extend the next part of this, that's fine. The we'll next just, week, I want to get into nah, this. We'll, we'll, I want to finish up these two stories because they're mostly relevant for now. Um, okay, but uh, it's fine. We can talk about this. But the other, I just thought of this. The other weird thing is sort of the way that, and, and this isn't necessarily a critique of the church that I'm currently going to. Mm-hmm. But it made me think about sort of big picture among mega churches and the SBC and the music that's sung on a regular basis. It's very interesting to listen to the lyrics of the songs and how they talk about uh, Jesus being all that you need, Jesus being um, your hope in dark times in when things are rough. You know, sort of the – it's very typical for church, um, and it's not a critique of the music. What's a critique of is sort of the weird politics that has entered into the church that is sort of, and we've talked about CRT and some of these other things that are mm-hmm. very the opposite of a lot of the stuff that's being sung, even by people who I think, and if, if I don't want to say it's like necessarily hearsay, I think it's, it comes from some pretty reliable people, but certain people on the worship team, certain people on staff who very much would use CRT as a, um, tool like that guy said when we we talked about it uh a couple weeks ago uh 
but then you listen to like these lyrics and you're like, this is the antithesis of what CRT says is the way things are. If Jesus yep. is enough, if he's all that you need, why are you worried about a lot of this other stuff, right? Why are you not right. able to say, hey, this person within the church is actually a white supremacist or whatever the case may be? Very weird. Very just very, very weird. And and so I wanna and maybe I'll do a couple more updates as as things go along because I'm curious to see if my opinion about things will change. And it was just a weird like system shock to kind of be back and absorbing everything. Yeah. Um but very odd. So go ahead. I, I'm curious what where you want it to go from there. So I think well, going off of what you just said, um it's um it, it's all what you and I always keep in mind not approaching church as a consumer, right? Mm-hmm. I heard, I was listening to a sermon this past week where this guy was in China and, you know, they were meeting somewhere underground and, you know, they don't have an air conditioning. They don't have seats. They don't have children's service. They don't have anywhere to put the children in. Uh, you know, he was going to go back and, and they're there for three straight days, I want to say, or, or longer. Um, just uh, hearing him preach and, and their learning and, and all that stuff. And they uh, uh, they can't, when they get arrested, because they've been arrested many times, yeah. um, and, you know, thrown in jail. And so they can't bring their Bibles because they'll confiscate them. Mm-hmm. And so they'll bring uh, certain passages or chapters uh, on pages with them um, there t- so they can read it and, and memorize it. And this one lady, she had like, either all of Peter or a few chapters or something. And he was going to leave and he was like, Hey, what, what can I pray for you about? Like, I'm going to be going back to America. And she said, you know, y'all have freedom. Y'all don't have to worry about threat of persecution and all this stuff. Pray that we can become like you. And he said, he was like, you know, respectfully, not that I want y'all to be persecuted and harmed. He was like, I'm not going to pray that you become like us. I'm going to pray that we will become like you because in mm. America, people won't go to the church if they have to drive over 30 minutes away. Yeah. People won't go to church if they don't have a comfy pew. People won't go to church if they don't have AC. People won't go to church if they don't have a coffee team. People won't <laughs> go to church if there's not a children's service. So they're asking, yeah. like, everything is about what can I get from, like, it's consumer. What does the can church I, have to offer me? Yeah. And that's why, and, and that's part of the reasons the church are attracting those type of people mm-hmm. because they're operating in a seeker sensitive corporate mindset, like a fortune 500. So they're attracting people who are a majority of which aren't saved. And they just view church as, Hey, I do it because I'm American. I want to get into heaven. Yeah, I know Jesus, but they don't have any it's life not, difference. So this is something I've been thinking about and it goes along with what you're talking about is that, Churches, lo- it's really funny because mega churches will do this all the time too, but they like to speak on community and the need for community, but I don't really think they have a good understanding of what it is. I think modern, and I, I, we'll just say modern Christian churches. Now, obviously there's probably, someone could probably uh, tell us of, oh, well, I went here and this it was actually like that. And it's like, oh, that's great. That's actually awesome that it's that way, right? Yeah. And you can find those, right? Like I was having a conversation with someone today. Um, he knows who he is. I think he listens to the show sometimes. Um, he was kind of, uh, what's the best way to put this? Concerned is probably a good way of putting it, that 
the people in his small group were not willing to have hard conversations. He asked a mm-hmm. specific question about certain cultural uh, things that are yes, culturally man. relevant. So they're culturally relevant uh, and why it is that like as, as a church, there's not sort of this, this kind of like line in the ground. Now we we mm. weren't we weren't arguing because um, I don't you know me I don't I don't really like to to get into like fights or whatever but it, it, he he was asking a lot of questions and he was trying to kind of explain his his point of view based on this idea that Christianity is not ha, doesn't have any cultural power you know mm-hmm. like it's not leading the culture and he was upset by that. And I kept kind of being like, why do you care, right? Like, why would you expect that that was the case? Um, and I think that's kind of where you're, where you're coming from with some of this is that it is, it's it's upsetting that you're seeing a lot of this within churches and the culture is sort of, in a lot of ways, starting to take over these mega churches. But the thing is, mm-hmm. is if even if that wasn't there, the church, for one, would be significantly smaller, right? And so we still wouldn't have... Can control in that sense from a Christian perspective. It's not as if you couldn't like get into like libertarian circles or get into conservative dem- or Democrat circles, right. depending on what you were trying to do uh, and your reasoning behind it, and be able to have the opinions and and talk with these people on those levels, but also come from uh, the perspective of Christ and the perspective of the things that you fundamentally believe in. And one of the things I told him. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is true, and we've kind of talked about this on the show, is that people just don't have they don't have principled stances anymore. Because it's like it's like, well, how do we get a, like everyone to ch- just completely redirect course? And I say you don't. It's impossible. It's completely impossible. And I said you'll you. I, I, I mentioned I think it's Jeremiah. He actually was the one because I couldn't remember the story. But there are stories mm-hmm. of a few people who were God fearing men throughout the Bible who had. From a world, I would say a worldly, that's a weird way to put it, from a numbers perspective, had horrific ministries because they could, they hardly got anyone, if anyone, to actually, uh, to to turn from what they were doing, right? But they were still faithful through everything, you know? And so, and I think, go ahead. You go ahead. No, 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 I'm done. I'm done. done. It's always like, I think it's, I think it's a, I think you're right. Right, these solid men and women aren't being built because it's like it almost seemed like the like we had this great resurgence when we were in early college, right, and and, yeah. and in college the whole time of uh, the Reformation, almost like Reformation, like the Reform theology, right, like a resurgence of that. It was a um, a fad, and now we've seen now that that fad is over all those people dropping out. Yeah. Or and they're, they're getting into sort of, what would you call it? Um, I, I can never remember. There's always these terms for that stuff where yeah. it's sort of like, they're still sort of involved, but it's not, it has no real biblical backing for the most part. It's sort of like, I believe yeah. in Jesus and I go to church, but eh, to everything else or to any sort of nuance and digging deeper into uh, the Bible. And and I think what it shows is, man, the reality of the situation is this, bro. When suffering happens in your life, that's when rubber meets the road. Yeah. 
that is when you find out if your faith is genuine or not. And really what it just seems like is rubber met the road and either uh, their faith was just weak, right? I'm not, I'm not going to make any salvation judgments right. on, on people. Or they didn't have faith to begin with. Mm -hmm. And it was just shown in um, well, partly, you know, the seeker-sensitive movement of, you know, youth pastors and other pastors out there being like, you know, we got to have all these people come and the focus is on games and it's on this and that, getting people <laughs> to stick. Yeah. And it's not actually on anything that's I, biblical. I like the, the primary focus, the primary focus isn't on expounding the Bible and preaching and being faithful to God that way. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with the games and these things. That's not what I'm saying. It's just the primary focus is there and less on here. Yeah. It's like well, the primary focus is on let's make sure we don't go past 15, 20 minutes because that's the, you know, this TED talk showed me and this study came out and said that you keep people's attention spans for only 15 minutes yeah. and it's like it, it, okay so for instance and I, it kind of goes into this right because you want to have those foundational things but i think it's kind of like and we talked about in past episodes with sort of like war and a lot of the other stuff mm -hmm. where i would legitimately respect a pastor more for coming out with a principled stance on I mean, I doubt they would come out on a principled stance about being for like mass, like war on a massive scale. Um, but yeah. coming out and being like, from the bottom of my heart, we have to end these wars. It's like we are in this country. It's like we have the freedom to speak out. We have the freedom to to make changes. And it's like I don't see how we can sit in a church every single week and never discuss the fact that we that we have sat on the sideline and never said anything or hardly anything about this. It's like, we're so quick to say things about abortion, which is to some degree a political topic, but it's like the lives of people in other countries, places that we would want to send others to seem mm -hmm. to get put on the sideline when it comes to sort of like the empire of America moving forward. Yep. You know what I mean? I agree. And it's, 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 I think it's fine to talk about, uh, political things. I think it's possible that it's fine yes. to talk for a pastor to talk about political things you better, on Sunday during the sermon, right? You better bring your A. As long as your your allegiance is not to a party yes. that, or to the our country. Absolutely. And it's to Jesus. We are Christians before well, we are American. It's why I told you that's like everything about sort of that journey to figuring out sort of how those things all work together. Mm -hmm. It led me to where I got to and why it's as close as it possibly can be. And I still think it has a pretty good um, consistency in it because in 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 some degree, my, you know, going to church on a regular basis and believing the things it's like, obviously it was there's convincing that goes on there and you can kind of get into the the predestined thing. But it's like that kind of gets into like big grain, like big brain sort yeah. of stuff but from sort of like a a worldview of talking to someone maybe who isn't a believer it's like it's my choice to go into that building every week and to submit uh authority to a higher power it is. no one no one you no one held a gun and this is i actually told someone this on twitter one time i was like no one holds a gun to my head dude that is exactly I why <laughs> i do not like it when christians when churches when pastors when people guilt trip I hate other it. Christians or non-Christians and then going to church. Jesus ain't done never <laughs> guilt trip anybody. 
and to go in the yeah. church. Well, you know, it's like that got never brought, did that got brought. Uh, well, it's it's not exactly the, same, the thing that I'm thinking about when I was talking to this guy today. Um, it kind of got brought up. That's like because he the thing is is he he said I I don't know it, he's like almost like I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it was along the lines we'll of. Do it. <laughs> It's, it's, he was along that it's, he's like, it's unfair that people who are in the culture, for instance, can, can have their opinions and say those things without, um, being judged or, uh, without being looked at as like evil or whatever. But if I want to go and have an opinion that's like, maybe it's, it's, it is biblically correct. Um, I can be ostracized and, and I'm, and, and this is the thing is like, I'm trying to get him to the point where he understands like, yeah. That's how it works, and I was like, "It, it does. It, this does doesn't always like hit with people fully." But I was mm-hmm. like, "People used to. It's like if the worst thing that happens to you is that someone goes, you're an idiot or a uh, a phobe of some kind or whatever.' Right? Listen, you're still alive. It's like people used to be thrown to lions. People used to be hung on crosses upside down, boiled alive, eaten. Right." Congratulations. None of that happened to you, but you still have to understand right. it's like this is the way that it is. And again, I understand we're in America. I think that there is a blessing. I think there is something to what that lady was saying that they can see this freedom and they they can see like wow, like it would be incredible to actually just be free to talk to these Absolutely. these people. And and it's something that we are blessed to have. And again, it's why I'm saying I think we should take advantage of that even when it comes to the tax thing. I think to be completely close-fisted on the, well, Jesus said to pay your taxes, so shut up and pay your taxes without being able to have a nuanced conversation about like, okay, uh, maybe we never get to a place in my lifetime where the federal government doesn't exist anymore, right? And I still have to pay taxes. Doesn't mean that I have to be okay with everything that goes to and that I can't fight for the abolition of the removal of those things, right? Because if you think about it, taxes probably went to slavery, back in the yep. day and I, I it's such like a lowbrow thing to kind of like go to it's like low-hanging fruit to go spe- specifically to that but it is sort of like a like big picture sort of thing like yeah this stuff i know what you mean this from a, like if people want to get into sort of those like moral areas or whatever it's easy enough to be like well tax is a big reason why you have a problem with this stuff and it's like and for me to right. just shut up and never say anything about it because you know someone is interpreting something that way and we can't have a conversation, right? It's like, I saw, it's kind of like when people talk about, uh, you know, it's not really science if someone says, shut up and believe it. You know, yeah. it's like there, if there can't be nuance in a conversation about like, okay, well, because like Christians generally will say, well, what did it mean for the time, right? What, when he was speaking to people, what did that mean for the time versus what does, what does that sort of look like us for, for now? It's like, what are, right. and it, it was like you were saying, I think last week where you go, oh, I am willing to put aside this specific thing that I believe in for the sake of the gospel. I'm willing, like with Paul, right? I think that's what you were you were talking about when he said, I was able yeah. to be this for these, this group of people and this for this group of people. It's like Paul was still Paul. Paul probably still had opinions and, and so on and so forth about those things. But there were certain things that he was willing to put aside for the sake of the people that he was talking to. Exactly. Which is something I need to remember. Um, yeah. And that's we all too, do, but what you're saying is, is that with it's entirely, I think too, it's a, a different conversation. If, if someone brings up that piece of scripture saying, yes, it, if, um, 
talking about greed. If you're not paying your taxes and you're cheating on your taxes to not pay to Caesar because you love money, mm-hmm. that is sinful. Yes. Another topic to be like to discuss like, hey, we should be advocating for the abolition of taxes because it's going to fund the murder of innocent children, the murder of innocent people uh, across the globe or in the Middle East, mm-hmm. right? Um, so on and so forth, right? And there's, so there's there's uh, also this aspect of it where you have a lot of politicians who would consider themselves Christians or claim to be Christians, but then they're they're totally okay with the the political system that they advocate, essentially holding a gun to your set head and said, "Give me part of your earnings," right? Yeah, which I honestly think kind of goes against. Uh, the sort of the nature of the church and the way that like Paul wanted people to work for themselves within that. It was like everyone kind of right. like they, you know, he had a job, right? He was a tent maker. I'd have to go back. I've been wanting to go back and kind of read through some of that again to be able to articulate that better. Um, but it's funny because it's actually something that I think the latter day saints do better than the modern Christian church is this idea that, you know, they have their own welfare system. I didn't know that. So the, the la- and I I, I I had mentioned this to uh, our mutual friend today when he and I were having this conversation, um, but they uh, the way that they do it is that they will give um, two people in need, but if they're mm-hmm. within the church, they ask those people not to go on federal we- welfare. And to go under their system in order to put them in a place where they can actually earn for themselves in order to be a productive member of really what it comes down to is their community within their church. And I went, huh. Yeah. Uh, and and Murray Rothbard, the way that he describes this is that you have two people, right? You have the philanthropist and you have the, um, shoot, uh, the entrepreneur, if you will. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that's the exact term that he uses, but the idea is that you have one person that gives two people, but the need is still there after the clothing and the food has been given, right? It doesn't change right. the, the it doesn't change the actual status of that person. And now, obviously, it's not the case with everyone, right? There's always going to be those conditions right. of this person's missing both their legs. It's going to be difficult for them to be able to do certain things. But the idea is to make them productive one, because I think that makes them generally with a lot of people that makes them more happy, right? To, to live that kind of productive life. Um, I I think the, the Bible puts in a way of, uh, it's like live quietly and work with your hands. Is that right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, something to that. I'd have to, again, I I think it's in Timothy or, uh, Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, yeah, not to be, not being dependent on other people, but live quietly so that uh, Gentiles, you know, non-believers can't speak ill of you. Exactly. To that extent. Something Joseph paraphrased David Lacey's message (laughs) Bible. (laughs) So all of that, all of that to be said, there is this in my mind. And again, this is, this is more of a generalization. I'm sure there are places like churches Mm -hmm. out there that are aware of this and they've got something similar going on. But in my mind, I go. I've never really seen anything like that. You always see sort of the, hey, donate, and we're just going to give this stuff away to people. Mm-hmm. But there's there's never that, if you will, teach a man to fish aspect of it. Yeah. Right? They'll give... Or f- even giving a man a fish. Right. They, and, like, and, so what I mean by that is, unless, it, well, I've noticed, to add on what you're saying, so I've noticed with churches... Um, so for the, I guess before I say that, let me, let me just say 
uh, I'm not going to obviously read the uh, the text, but in Acts two, which in Acts two verses, what is it, forty two through something or another, forty four, forty five, forty six. All right, so Acts two forty two through forty seven, you see that the new believers of the early church, there they gave away um, all their possessions, uh, belongings, and distributing their proceeds to all as any had need voluntarily now we're speaking not yes. forcefully not under compulsion but voluntarily mm-hmm. from a generous heart of understanding what Christ had done has done for them and so i've seen churches that have uh food banks for lack of a better word where people can come grocery shopping and get their stuff and i've seen churches who are willing to donate give help people out up to a hundred dollars a specific amount but the problem is is like first off when someone needs help a lot of times it's probably more than just a hundred dollars yeah right yeah and I'm, ta- I'm not talking about just anyone right i'm not talking about someone who doesn't go to church i'm talking about members of this church yeah members of the church yeah. like people who are committed who in that who are in that community mm-hmm. and you know, they say things like, I'm sorry, we don't have the budget for it. Our budget's wrapped up in a building um, or our budget is wrapped up in this. And it's like, so now they're in a position where they can't help because their budget is tied up somewhere else. Right. Instead of being able to help someone who's a member of their church and their community as they have a need, mm-hmm. right? And obviously this is a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. And But I think you hit the nail on the head by saying you have the philanthropist and you have the entrepreneur. So you have a part of the body. You have the person who can help and give that money out to help them. Right. And then someone else who can help them uh, be able to get a job, for lack of a better word, and, to be able to support themselves. Yeah, and, the latter- and to be able, then be able to give that need to someone else who exactly. needs that. Exactly. And the Latter-day Saints do on-the-job training. So it's one of those things that they would essentially take someone and maybe they don't know anything about those specific jobs. And they do on-the-job training, right? And, and that's the thing mm-hmm. is here's here's kind of like the difference right and i you hear this a lot from sort of a worldly perspective or from a non-biblical perspective of well i we just don't ha- want to take the time or money to on the job train this person right whereas someone within right. in that community goes no we'll take the time because they see now obviously yep. and and again i i should make it clear and i hate that i have to do this as if i'm like hey go become a latter day saint it's like obviously we have massive issues with the way that the Latter-day Saints like run things. Yeah, the heretics. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, is it's kind of pathetic when a group of people that, that you would say are not biblical are doing something more biblical than the people who think that they're doing things yeah. the right way. People who don't, in this regard, and people a- who don't know Jesus are functioning well in this regard to community. Yes. To helping their specific community. Because somehow that part of, of where whatever they're getting from, because it is sort of like an offshoot of Christianity in its own way, they f- they somehow picked up on that, even if they completely missed everything else. But it's just, it's one of those things that's like just, and, and this is the problem, right? This Dude, is the, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you. I, I had someone out. So after Patrick discipled me, I had another gentleman disciple me. And the organization he was a part of, um, he sought, he went out and asked the head person of the organization 
if they were able to help with my situation with the amount of money I needed yeah. medically. Yeah. Um, they weren't able to, uh, because they had, you know, they're not a church. Right. Um, so they had a specific budget that was already used up, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not um, much, right? Like, especially with those kind of, uh, those groups. Yeah, they're not, probably. Yeah, they're not getting tons in. I, yeah, I was just very thankful that they even asked. And so, it, again, it, it's strange when you see these mega churches that have, that have pastors that have these lavish lifestyles when members of the church are drowning in medical bills mm-hmm. because of the outrageous costs of medical stuff um, and all this other thing. And, and again, I know understand it's a case-by-case basis. I'm not trying to generalize here. Um, I am generalizing with the medical stuff because for the most part, that's out of people's control and unless someone's getting a hammer and, you know, smashing their hands yeah. so they can get drugs outside of that. Um, it's out of people's control and it's, and it's like, where, how is a church stepping in to help that situation mm-hmm. rather than, uh, um, having that committed to a big building mm-hmm. or whatever, you know what I mean? It, well, it almost yeah. seems like the primary things ha- have fallen off. And maybe there's <laughs> someone who's more mature than me. Um, maybe I have, I'm thinking wrong on something and they can enlighten me and help me. I'm open to that. Always open to be corrected. Uh, but it just seems odd that, you know, medically and then in other ways, skill wise, something happens in someone's life. Um, and just kind of like this. What over, is the even from a good place, even from a good place, this over critique of someone you, who sorry, I just thought of this. You maybe you'll remember the exact scripture. I think it's an axe where someone was in need and a group of people said, Oh, well, we'll pray for you. And then someone like tore him a new one because they were like, What is that gonna do for for this person in need? I do know. Do you know what I'm talking about? about? It's so funny. My I don't know, uh, and I don't know if it's an axe, but I know about uh, in John, First John, chapter three. Maybe that's what. Hopefully, it is. chapter three. Um, you know, he's talking about love, and he says in verse sixteen, "By this we know love that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers." In verse seventeen. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. Um, and I do know there is another part that is somewhere that does say, if you pray but don't do anything, what good is your prayer? To that extent, again, this is the Joseph and David Lacey message Bible paraphrase. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm trying to look um, it up. And man, that's what's just what. Um, if anybody remembers, like, yeah, contact us and let us know, and maybe I'll yeah, because we'll end up looking it up anyway. The idea, I think, okay, essentially the idea behind it is is that like obviously prayer is good, but if if someone is begging you in need and you say, "Well, brother, I'll pray for you," and then you move on, you really haven't done anything for that person. Yeah, and and again, I. I don't want this, this stuff can get so misconstrued and it, 
I one of the things I hate, and and this this is just sort of this always gets under my like just under my skin, man, is when someone has like I, maybe I say something like, man, I re- it really bugs me the way that the church seems to just disregard people in need, and someone will get really defensive and try to like make a a defense of of that rather than being right. like, well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Right. And right. then, and then even in my like awful remembrance of scripture, I'm just like, well, what about, you know, this idea that praying for someone who's desperate for whether it's medical bills or whatever the case may be. And you say, well, I'll pray for you. And then you do nothing to actually change, uh, just say the status for lack of better, better way of putting it of that, that person who's a part of your community you haven't really done anything. It's it's empty words, right? I found it. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> I give you enough time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, now we're cooking with steak. I don't know what the saying is. Crisco. I'm saying Crisco. Uh, cooking with Crisco. Yeah, there you go. And with ghee or butter. Ooh, ghee is way better. That's an animal product. Mm, yeah, ghee better. is way better. Yeah. Yeah. I put it on in the shower. It's so good. Um. <laughs> anyway uh james 2 16 and and okay now let me back up the verse 15 if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them go in peace be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body what good is that and then he says so also faith by itself if it does not have work mm-hmm. is dead so i think that's exactly you know, genuine genuine faith a comp- is accompanied by it you the works are the evidence of your faith. Yeah. And so if you have faith, it should naturally come out of you that you're going to do good works. Mm-hmm. You're not doing good works so that you can get faith or so you can get love or favor or whatnot. Right. It just flows from that. And so I think that's the principle right now. Again, maybe we're not understanding things. Maybe there's some no, um, I think this correction <laughs> biblically pe- people can give us. But I think specifically in regards to things out of people con- people's control, like, you know... I don't know every situation, right? And people don't, when, when I talk to people, they're not necessarily telling me all the details about a specific case or whatnot. Yeah. Um, but man, I just find it hard when someone's suffering medically through no far of the own, again, keyword there, which is again, most people, um, or they're suffering because maybe they, you know, because of poor choices in the past, yet they've changed and they've, you know, repented and, you know, they're trying to do better and they're just struggling on that end. Uh, or if it's from losing a loved one or something like that yeah. to how the church doesn't come alongside to, to help in that situation, yeah, you know, to meet that need that is there, which is a, again, what you're saying, providing that need, whatever it is immediately, but then B, um, providing that need spiritually and being able to put them in the place spiritually and physically where, where they're uh, obviously, we're completely dependent upon God, super Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but to where they're self-sufficient. Yeah. I don't mean self-sufficient spiritually because you're always dependent on God and your community. Right. Um, but to where there- you can stand on your own two feet and every day isn't doom and gloom. And then B, um, so where you can provide for yourself and, yeah. and be able to uh, not necessarily live a lavish life, but to where you're not eating crumbs either. Sure. And, and, and- because at that point it's up to you, right? So, for instance, right? I and I'll, we'll talk about AMC next week. I've recently really got into investing in a lot of different areas, and 
I hope to one day be able to pass pay off my debt. Yes. Well, mine first and then maybe yours. Um, at the very <laughs> least, help you get to a place where you can actually start doing the same thing to to take care of yourself. But yeah. the idea is, and, and this is kind of the way I've thought about a lot of this stuff, and this is something that hit me over uh, Rona last year, mm-hmm. was that there real there is a need, just in general, but I mean, if you want to put it within the, the boundaries of the church, that's fine too. There's a need for people to be the teach a man to fish people. Mm-hmm. And I mean that in a very yep. like literal skills that you know that you can pass on to other people to help them do the same for others, like sort of pass that down, I, I think is vital. Paul was a tent maker mm-hmm. so I, that he didn't have to rely on the community there. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is vitally important and something that I wish I had been able to come across earlier on in time, but obviously we're all kind of on yeah. our own journey, if you will, and uh, we're all figuring things out, but I, I want to, with everything that I know and can, am continuing to learn, the goal is not only to be able to provide for myself and, and a future family, God willing, but also to pass that on to other people, whether that's um, friends, family, children, whatever the case may be, right? To, to different people in the community to right. allow them, it's like, you know, maybe you have a friend, right? And you're able to, or someone in the church is able to be like, okay, we can, in this situation, we're able to cover your medical bills. Like we'll, we're going to be able to do that. Right. And then, okay, let's talk about your finances now. Like what's going on there? Is this, was this a weird fluke? And once this is taken care of, you'll be in a, in a good place or is the next step in that. Let me set you up with, with this person. So we, you can talk with them about getting your finances in place. Mm -hmm. Once that's done, maybe we can set you up with this person within the community that can, um, help get you into a job situation, train you on the job because they have, have said that they are willing to sacrifice time, effort, whatever the case may be in order to help lift you up in this way. As long as you're willing to sit it out and you have the motivation to do that, right? Because that is where it comes back right. to that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. Um, and it, again, it's all dependent upon who that person is. But in a perfect scenario, you would be um, able you to can force them to drink. <laughs> Waterboarding, am you I would, right? <laughs> you and that's the thing is like you. It's case by case, and in a perfect scenario, if if someone was really wanting to get back on their feet and they understood where they were and they they needed that yeah. grace and that idea, right? It's like we always want to put a lot of like these biblical things into sort of high minded head in the clouds, uh, like logic when in reality Mm -hmm. showing grace towards someone could be come alongside me and I'm going to teach you to uh, quote unquote fish. Yeah. I'm taking, I'm taking time out of my life and, and sacrificing of myself in order to do this for you. I think there's grace in that. I think Jesus. And here's the thing. If someone has that need, They'll do it. This is what, mm-hmm. what you just said. When you can't, you can lead the horse to water, but you can't make him drink, right? You can't force him to. And so, if someone has that need, they'll go through all that. They'll have that motivation, all that stuff. Exactly. You know, they'll feel blessed. They'll feel grateful. You know, it will overflow from a genuine heart of faith. Yeah. Um, I think so. you. I think you build stronger communities that way. Having, oh, a having lot, and I think that's why. I, I think that's why. Um being a part of a uh, 
small churches are beneficial. And like, obviously, what do you mean by small? How many people and stuff like that? I yeah, just mean to, it's like... to where it's not to where <laughs> theoretically the pastor can genuinely love the people in his congregation mm-hmm. and have access to them, yeah. right? And he's not treated like a celebrity. Yeah. Um, I, you know, so... Just to throw someone out, I would say, uh, I imagine it's probably really difficult to meet Stephen Verdict. I'm just throwing him out because he has a huge church and elevation, right? Um, yeah. For lack of a better example i mean i would use the word cult because you can't yeah. question anything that goes on there um yeah i would use other words but <laughs> i was just being nice <laughs> hey i was being nice it takes a village right it um, takes a village to call out a cult <laughs> um <laughs> i think uh, that's a pretty good good place to end it for this week uh if yeah. you're cool with it david um, says biltmore sucks in that no that's, that's terrible um uh the the last thing i i think i would say david and, said that he could do a better job than the lead pastor Bill. bro i don't want that position like that's the thing is like i don't even want that position I'm just you know what i mean it's it, i'm just i'm just putting words in your mouth <laughs> I'm just stirring the pot over here. <laughs> uh, he'll never listen to this anyway. He won't. Get, he wouldn't get past yeah. some of the other other stuff. Um, uh, I uh, shoot. You totally threw me off the last. Final thing thought. I was I'm say. sorry. I know. I had a final thought, and now I don't remember what it was. Oh Here's God. my final thought. Go ahead. We it might come back to me. We, you and I, Beth, definitely want to be cognizant of the fact of not just criticizing Christ's bride. Right, we want to lovingly criticize sure. and do it in a healthy way, and then speak on the good things that God's bride does: community, helping people in need, right, and stuff like that. Lost and unsaved. It's just uh, we we've noticed some things, and uh, we want correction in ourselves. We want to be more giving people. We want to be able to work. Both of us are working on our finances to be able to be in a situation to where our money isn't about us, but about glorifying God to be able yeah. to give to those in need, those yeah. around us, those a part of our community, and be able to extend that skill set beyond just us, right? Giving back. Um, and so I don't want anyone to misconstrued. We joke around and as well. Um, we love God, and we're part of the bride, so we obviously love the bride, but we know that I'm messed up, David's messed up, and that bride... She's dirty, you know? Yeah. She got, you know, some wrinkles here and there. She's still beautiful because of Jesus, but yeah, mm. that's it. I didn't know where I was going at the end. <laughs> like, I'll keep saying good things. Uh... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, man. I think it's a good place to end. I, I think just to kind of echo yeah. that, it, the need to be harsh doesn't come from a place of wanting to throw rocks at the church just for the sake yeah. of for the sake of doing it it's it's there because I would say the need of of, of loving criticism yeah right it's that there. may come out harsh yes it's there because where the pendulum currently has swung within sort of uh I don't want to call it cultural Christianity sort of popular Christianity it's mm-hmm criticism gets sort of looked at as this terrible thing we're like oh how can you're always negative you're negative you're negative yeah and it's like hang on yeah it's like you don't even want to like have a conversation about this maybe there's some nuance behind what i'm talking about maybe dig into it are you confused about what i'm saying because i want to get a clear picture of what people actually the way actually or people see things 
maybe we're wrong and we need correction. Maybe. Right? Yeah. You know, and on the, I'm just saying all, on whatever topic may be. All I ask is that you don't I mean, between me like, and God, we're uh, never wrong. So, so like, I had a conversation, and I'll, I, this is, obviously, I'm going to keep the names out of this because it needs to stay, stay yeah. quiet as far as the, the people involved, but... Uh, a guy came to me and he was asking me about something that kind of had happened between him and someone else at the church. And he wanted to go with this other person for a potential church plant. And he said, okay, well, I need to be able to move this specific thing. Cause it's like part of um, how he makes money and you know, some other things like that. And the guy said, well, is that an idol in your life? Like he immediately jumped to this position of, assuming that thing because it was important to him right i that bothers me like please don't come like if you if if there's criticism consider your criticism before you actually uh throw anything in in our direction it's not as it's not because we aren't willing to hear it it's because if you throw something at me like that i'm probably just going to ignore you if it's if it's just a straight up especially if i don't know you very well says right if you want to say hey again you said this can you give me some detail into that to give me, you know, cause it might've been something that I said and I was a little too like flippant about it. That happens. Right. It definitely happens to everybody. Um, but also I'm yeah. not, I'm not a head pastor of a church. Like my responsibility yeah. to a, a community of people is different than the person that everyone is literally looking to for, for guidance or is chosen right. to look, look to for guidance. But if you have questions. I'm definitely no, willing I agree to, with that. to ask and to talk. Um, but there's just this tendency that, it comes off in a in a manner of, right? Well, are you sure that this isn't an idol in your life? And it's like, do you think that I just came up with this? That's it, it comes off as if you're yeah. assuming certain things about me, and I guess straw manning about if you, you. Want in a way about who I am and the yep. way that I I not engaging. You're not engaging in the subject now. That's different, right? Like, because it's everything does go back to the heart. Sure, and it is different to be like if someone someone can make a statement say a few words, say one words or whatnot, and they're idolizing something. Mm-hmm. Even then, I'm tended to ask somebody, what do you mean? But mm-hmm. even that situation, I, th- I think it'd be <laughs> fine for someone to say, hey, what you just said came off like, are, are, are you having a problem here? Like, are, yeah, are you devoted really to this or whatnot? I think that's something that you and but, I picked up in college because I remember that was I'd have conversations with people and they would kind of say thing. I'd be like, well, what do you mean? And they'd be like, like, okay, well, what do you mean by that? (laughs) It's like just, and and most of that is just to get, to try to get to, I think it's very much the specific community where we we are. Yeah. yeah. The heart, the (laughs) heart of the issue, right? It's good because asking questions being, uh, it shows a sense of authenticity and in a, in a sense Mm -hmm. of, uh, curio- caring. caring and curiosity about that person rather than going, well, I think you're idolizing this thing. And it goes, okay, well, why do you think that? And why do you presume to know exactly what's going on with me based off of like one sentence, right? Uh, yeah. And I, I think well, I think you and I both do a pretty good job of trying to be as clear as possible. And and you can probably hear it in the way that we talk that I'll say something and be like, okay, hang on, let me let me try to explain what I where I'm coming from with that. because uh, it you yeah. know, you can have those like strong statements that sometimes do need the um, You probably do a better job of that than me. Nah, I mean but we both we both so have our strengths. On a funny uh, note. Yeah. <laughs> let's I'll end on a funny note. I got okay. a joke for you. Oh, okay. No. That way it doesn't fly over your head. 
All right. What's blue? What's blue but smells like red paint? Red what? What's blue paint? Blue paint probably smells like red paint. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> you suck. Okay, I got one for you. Um, I, what has lots of teeth but doesn't bite? What? A comb. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack. Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person and politicking is bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose And it's a beautiful thing too Uh Hold up Yeah, hey, hey. Looking at the technological advances I used to be on dial-up looking for answers Now what? Underappreciating was candid And 20 years later we got computers that hand fit Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side of the globe Used to go through a label if you trying to blow Now people got more options on the table, gotta post Social media, got us connected as ever on every medium Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this Communication is error and still the devious Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate Cause idiots get heebie-jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you Try to ruin your whole life, cause you say what they dislike God forbid y'all disagree without a fight The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up Jack, your trifle subject, your life would right if you give up that You're mad at nothing, not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad sack that gets aggravated And now you pay it forward Let people make your blood boil Emotions firing like microwave foil Or the oil they annoy you You add another's neck for the wrong reasons Election years now seeming like full-blown seasons Man You let politics ruin Or rather control Your whole life, man You gonna be a miserable person Straight up and Unfortunately, that's where we're at People are consumed by this And it's driving them crazy And they hate their neighbors <laughs>